to classified data. Welcome to the Full Force. The team Warrant Officer Flint is about to assemble is no ordinary group of people. They are drawn from the world's best military sources, experts in their chosen fields. Combined, they form the most able set of specialists ever assembled. Their name... Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Full Force. It wouldn't be a show without my wonderful co-hosts Eddie Dick Kicker Inman and Dave What Lurks in the Basement Tree. On this edition of the world's leading Action Force Chodcast, we have a packed news segment containing FSS5 reveals, joke on 2017 updates and much more courtesy of Justin Bell at GeneralsJoes.com. A number of reviews, including the latest and final FSS4 shipment by the same man, Mr. Bellux. We return to some kind of normality with the vintage figure review, which looks at the awesome Mail Away Special Core figure from 1988, and all the other regular segments you have become accustomed to over the three years that we have been doing these shows. Happy birthday to us, two episodes ago. Full force. We're also joined by the wonderful Mike Irizarry of What's On Joe Mind. He's dropping in just to basically cause lots of trouble. As always, you can keep up with the show after listening by following on Twitter, at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Full Force. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, or to ask, how the f***ing hell does What's On Joe Mind get more listeners than us? You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. So, boys, how are we doing? Let's start with Mike, considering he's from America and we haven't heard from him in ages. How are you doing, Mike? People are intrigued by our funny accents. <laughs> that's that's, that's why you get... That's really that, the, the secret. That's why. How are you doing, buddy? How's things? It's been a long time since I spoke to you. It, it's been at least um, 80 minutes, yes. <laughs> Oh, from the last <laughs> I, I, marathon. I, I'm doing very well. It's 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 been kind of a long summer, just from a, a work standpoint. Yeah. It's it's really dragging things out. But uh, but that I don't want to get into that because that's I don't want to bring the show down. I don't think you'd be bringing it down. You already have. <laughs> you've already. Yeah. You'd be. You're actually. You've probably raised it a few levels. Even saying that. Uh, yeah. Based on where we started this morning. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you guys are like doing some real like podcast warrior stuff here. Yeah, we are podcast, podcast. What the f- is a podcast? I'm, um, I'm f- it's it's where done. our skin has become rough from recording too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you, you, you know, Dave and Eddie, you guys are. It's it's seven a.m. where you are. Yes, it's it's seven twenty-four uh, to be to be precise. Yeah. And whereas for for Chris, Chris just got done recording uh, a, a a bunch of material with us, so we know I, I know that he's been on the phone now for roughly fourteen hours. <laughs> we're not any faster about this than you guys are, so it, 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 at least you know at least fourteen hours. I was telling the guys beforehand the first recording we did two weeks ago was about four hours long, and then 
uh, to the, the one we just done is like three and a half hours. So that's like that's ridiculous. Like seven yeah. and a half hours. I feel bad for Gary. I really do. Well, I mean, in in fairness, the the bit we did a couple weeks back, we just got to where we kind of threw the show on the back burner for a while and just talked to one another for a bit. So a lot of that he can just kind of cut right out of the middle and not worry about. So I don't feel that bad for him. I feel a little bad for him. I don't I, anymore. It's Gary in it. <laughs> I don't he, care. Yeah, you know, he, he's, uh, he's the asshole element that we bring to the <laughs> um, Eddie, how are you, mate? How's things with you? Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going very well, Chris. Um, I'm, uh, I'm alive, which is always a good start. I haven't passed check. away. Check. Um, check. Yeah, I've, I've been working and doing essentially. Not, not, not very exciting, but I think that's my age. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, it's all good. Uh, good in the hood, yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So um I can't hear Dave. I'm I'm concerned that maybe Dave has actually done himself in. He sent me a message uh, saying that he's having the same issues we were having with him, but he's having them with us. Two mins, keep talking, we'll reboot router. Okay. So oh, basically I'll tell you what we'll do, Chris, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll be Dave. Okay, go on. Okay. So how's how's okay. things, Dave? How are you doing? Well, um I'm very tired, Chris. <laughs> um I've been working non stop since nineteen seventy one. I've, I haven't had a day off since uh, 1978 uh, with the Great Depression of Fording Bridge. Um, That's always in a Great Depression, isn't it? Yes. Um, I'm, going, I'm going to be Eddie. So. Yes, okay. Uh, go for gone. it, Mike. Um, yes, and, um, um, and, um, um, and, um, um, and, um, 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 thank you, Eddie. Um, um, what, what a and, um, I'll um, be Justin and, Bell. Uh, okay. Um, um, and um, I um, Star Wars. Um, and um, um, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. That is actually no knows what life is like. That's exactly what it would be. That's that's <laughs> what we would get. Yeah, yeah. That is so that stays in. Get. That stays in. Chris. We're just playing the tropes. That's exactly. Yeah. Yes. The, st- it was the great stereotropes. But definitely. All my hair fell out and I went really grey. It was brilliant. <laughs> You've got like a grey scalp. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've got, gray, it's like I've got a grey swimming cap on. So unfortunately, we, we've we've lost Dave, but do you know what? We've got three of us now, so we're just gonna we're just gonna power through, and Dave can tell us what the f- he's been up to some other time. We could have a spin-off show where Dave tells us. Is that about three hours anyway? We'll I'll call it, it we'll call it we'll call it a tree a tree falls in the forest. We'll call it the unsuccessful <laughs> force. Um <laughs> I think that works, doesn't it? The unsuccessful <laughs> force. In fact that we should call our show that from now on. If if no one hears the tree fall, does it make a sound? <laughs> and the answer is clearly no. If, no, he doesn't if make any sounds at all. If a Dave tree falls in the new forest and no one's around to hear it, does anyone give a sh- well, it's, <clears throat> the experiment's actually called Schrodinger's hair. Um, <laughs> does it have hair Schrodinger's or not? hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll never know. That's we'll the, never that, know. Unless does you, he have hair or not? And then by opening the box... Anyway, right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, the news. Let's move into the news before this descends into mad and too late. Uh <laughs> Hasbro in 3A, San Diego Comic-Con reveals. 
There were a few pretty cool reveals at San Diego Comic-Con a few weeks back, and even though we had seen Hasbro's figure assortment for 2016 at JoeCon, it was interesting to see them again, complete with the new packaging. One interesting development was the obvious removal of the 50th anniversary logo, which makes perfect sense, of course, as well as Hasbro, 1000 Toys, and Bait revealed pricing and details for their awesome Snake Eyes figure, and 3A revealed a really exciting teaser image hinting at Transformers, G.I. Joe, and ROM figures. We got to see their awesome Optimus Prime, but as yet, we haven't seen their take on the Baroness or ROM. There could be more characters in the pipeline, but Duster's love interest was the only image shown on the teaser. Whatever they do, it's nice to see the brand being utilized by so many different companies at the moment. So guys, I take it we all saw the SDCC images. Now, the it was kind of like a, a no-brainer, really, with the G.I. Joe packaging. It hasn't really changed much. So, And we've already seen the figures at JoeCon and stuff like that. But the kind of big talking points here were that 3A getting involved with G.I. Joe... ROM and Transformers, obviously. And also the 1000 Toys and Bait thing is kind of picking up some steam, which Justin will talk about in more detail again in a second. Mike, what do you think about these kind of high-end licenses picking up G.I. Joe as a franchise? Is it something that you think is a good thing? I I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for me. (laughs) Or your wallet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, really, my my wallet is indifferent because it, it cannot open to to sustain that purchase okay so it, it, it may not be a great thing for me but but i think it's it's kind of important in, in today's market where the adult collector and the high-end collector are such a, an important part of, of your viability as a brand it's good to see that there's some of these these manufacturers think that the gi joe has that potential sure what do you think of the 1000 toys and bait design for the storm shadow and the uh, snake eyes yeah i like them well enough uh, i it, they're they're neat and and i like that they've added something different to the story i i think so many times we get that that uh, snake eyes versus storm shadow story that we've been getting over and over again since 1983 yeah you know we're all, we're almost numb to it and it and it's difficult to you know it's difficult to change that up without getting so much backlash on it so I, I like that they're taking the opportunity to do this here, you know, in, in kind of a medium that a lot of fans aren't going to aren't going to worry about. We're looking at, at, at I mean, what's what's the price point on these figures? Like two hundred and thirty bucks, I think. Yeah, I mean, it. it I, I was I wasn't sure if it was two hundred or three hundred, and it's somewhere in between. Um, What's that about so it, six thousand English pounds? <laughs> thanks to Brexit, uh, I believe so. Yes, <laughs> right, I believe okay. on the current market, yes. That's a lot of money. Eddie, you uh, get the odd kind of high-end stuff, don't you? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Hot toys, that kind of stuff, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Would would like a 3A Baroness be of interest to you? Yeah, to be fair, it, it would if it was made well enough. You know, it's, it, if you're going to invest the extra money, you want the product to be as good as it can be, you know, because it is, it's more of an investment, I think, than anything else. So if it was made well enough, then I would certainly look at it. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't. We've all seen, well, I'm, I'm going to assume we've all seen kind of the Ashley Wood 3A kind of design element of, you know, that that company comes out with. I mean, um, Mass from ID Toys, he used to collect loads of 3A stuff. So I've, I've seen a lot of like kind of the female figures that they kind of came out with. Yeah. I could kind of imagine the Baroness in that format. And also um, Dave's joined us. Are you, are you there, Dave? 
Um, kind of. I'm I'm limping through. So we're talking about the three A stuff. So price point wise, it's quite expensive, isn't it? So we've seen the Optimus Prime um, from three A that I think is going to be in that kind of range. What would you envision like the Baroness and Rom kind of price point being? Like what kind of what we're we looking at with three A figures? UK wise, you're sort of like looking around about the sort of uh, three hundred pound mark, typically speaking. So my worry with with a lot of this stuff is um, there's an awful lot of high end things coming through for like new licenses, but not enough at the sort of entry level. So, you know, be it with 3A, Prime 1 Studios, that sort of thing. And it, it kind of limits the success because if you've got other alternatives like a premium end, most people can't afford all of them. So they're, they're going to start getting picky and choosy and following on from what Mike was saying about the the, the same themes over and over again. It, it, it's playing it safe. So I think a Baroness would be... The, the best next choice because it recruits in all you know uh, a certain section of the fandom who who go for everything that is something they're never going to get <laughs> right. if that makes sense kind of uh, I'll just cut out that massive gap that you left before you before you finished uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm like basically gonna lump in the next news item the um, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes from 1000 Toys Beat 1000 Toys Storm Shadow revealed. At the 1000 Toys exhibition in San Diego, we got a good look at Snake Eyes Sword Brother Storm Shadow from this very neat cybernetic take on our favorite ninjas. The style and design is synonymous with 1000 Toys' other product lines and of course is in keeping with Snake Eyes' sleek and robotic anime look. We got some cool images from 1000 Toys' Facebook page that showed Stormy in a number of poses with his hood up and with his cyclops head exposed. The design has divided opinion in the fandom so far, with some thinking it strays too far from the source material, and others embracing it wholeheartedly due to the element of change in the overall aesthetic. Snake Eyes went up for pre-sale at SDCC for $230, and so we expect a more general release for him very soon. It looks as though Storm Shadow will be made available in September according to an Instagram video highlighting the Snake Eyes figure at SDCC featuring Daryl DePriest. Let's look at Storm Shadow in that bait 1000 Toys setup. I've seen a lot of, well, actually both of them. I've seen a lot of talk. It's not my Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow that I, that I'm, you know, kind of used to. There's a big thing with our fandom, I think, of of not liking change too much. That seems to kind of come across quite wildly. And if something comes out slightly different, then it there's a big, big kind of issue issue there. Do you think that hampers a lot of this product? I, I think it's uh, it's it's just part of human nature not to like change. Yeah. Uh, of any form in any walk of life um, and I can guarantee you that uh, if you released the same product for a year of a similar ilk that people will forget that and then it will become the common theme you know yeah it's just people have to get used to the idea and if they don't like it tough tough shit. get used to it just get on board it's it's because at the end of the day um, you can't have everything the same all the time that does need to be a change for people to to buy something different it's it's basically a variant people buy variants i don't see what the issue is but there is always an issue because people don't like change yeah i, I, I can and again i totally get it it's there you're talking about a character that that folks have been a fan of for 35 years going on 
Um, so I, I understand if, if you if you like it and you're comfortable with it, and you don't want to see it be any different because you liked what was there. But at, at some point, you know, you, you have to grow things. And you, you, the only way to grow things is by shaking things up, trying new things, trying new designs, uh, letting new creative people handle the property. And and that's uh, I, I I like that they're taking those steps to to accommodate that. Do you think that the brand would probably be better if it got the basic kind of floor level element of its brand kind of sorted first before doing all of these other different things, or do you think that doing these other different things might become the kind of you know the kind of norm the standard at some stage so so what i'm saying is getting the four inch house in order before they deal it out to lots of other different areas i I think i think you'd be better off having a base product um that people can adjust to i think if you bring out too many different things at once there's too much choice because you can have too much choice and then only this small amount will sell of this a small amount of sell of that and then because they're not making enough money they'll then think well we've just wasted our time let's not do any more but if you limit the market to start with to to get the product out there then you're going to generate more sales and then you can start to look at let's do this let's do that so it, it's kind of a, a sales driven thing do you think gi joe's lost its identity a little bit i i i do yeah i think it has i think he's lost his way Dave? a bit i don't think it's so much lost its identity i just don't think it's ad had any cohesive direction and i mean that from the point of view of if you if you look at the success of the movies and stuff like that you know and it might not necessarily be everyone's cup of tea but there's been no kind of continuation of that you kind of had that with pursuit of cobra to a degree where it was it was almost like a continuation of some of those movie themes not necessarily the character likenesses but if you look at like the aesthetic of like cobra commander that did translate over to some of those those products and like the his uh the his tanks and stuff like that but ever since retaliation i think it's it's kind of just like well is it the you know is it the nostalgia thing and everybody hates change if you're always going to like quote nostalgia and that's your main problem because people are in it for literally what they remember yeah um but every but everybody seems to love pursuit of cobra which wasn't nostalgia it was moving things forward and i think that's kind of like where it's kind of gone wrong a little bit because they could have carried on some of those retaliation themes and cues and things like that uh not necessarily the characters themselves but like you know like so it looks like it's all together the last few years have just been like literally like a hodgepodge rather than sort of like seeing a progression and and no better example is when you're looking at james's uh james kavanagh's books you know the last couple they they flow one into the next whereas the next one it's, it's they are all just going to look disjointed as, as as you like flick through that those books yeah it's not like there's been not necessarily an overall plan, but like literally, this is what it is now. Transformers, you know, which is totally different, but also a, a sort of a Hasbro-run property, has clearly roadmapped what they're doing. They have like something for the preschool, they have something for like the juniors, and then they have something which which is aimed at the sort of like teenage gamer and sort of like collector lines and things like that. They they have concurrent product lines within the brand gi joe arguably is just the one but it's not even you know with that in mind it should be easier 
um, to see what you're doing and, and like say, right, this is where we're taking it. But there's, there's, it's not that. That's not a slur against Hasbro or anybody who, who works on those brands or anything like that. I think it's it's because they're just literally trying to like feed off what is coming back from the fans and because it's like a, a mixed message they're just trying to like work out what that is but there was maybe taking it a, a, a different way and like saying this is what you're getting then you recruit fans onto it rather than try and be receptive to what the fans want the fact that there's been anything done with gi joe in the last few years at all is uh, is a credit to the long the long-standing fandom when you know hasbro was not even set up with with gi joe as an individual brand for several years before this one so the fact that there was a 50th anniversary the uh, line that ran those two years the fact that there's a line this year that they were somewhat successful getting to, to toys r us despite the fact that there's really very little in terms of resources being allocated towards towards that brand um, is a credit to the folks that are there and and i think we're just we're just getting to where some of the decisions and the direction that's been applied by Mark Weber since he he got the the brand manager title are, are going to start to come to to bear fruit this year and into next year. But there was there was no media presence. It was just the that that there was there's that group of of it's even hard to get a number on because you know we 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 I, I always. Uh, I base the guesstimate on on the the number of downloads that that we have for for what's on Joe Mind, and, and we're typically between seven to eleven thousand per episode. Uh, obviously, not every fan of GI Joe listens to our program. It just I think we have twelve fans that download it a bunch of times. But <laughs> <laughs> all, all jokes aside, so so someone out there is interested in this product, and, and someone out there is is stoking the fire and and buying whatever comes up. You know, I, I think we're we're kind of on the inside. We we read a lot. We spend a lot of time on GI Joe, a lot of our leisure time, uh, and so we we kind of get into the message boards and the Facebook groups, and and we see everybody complaining about, oh well, they've gone clearance and there's stuff warming on the pegs, and it's not really warming on the pegs. Uh, I mean, any toy line, anything is it, you're going to get down to the last few that maybe people don't want, and that they're going to sit there for a while, but for the most part. 50th anniversary stuff sold very well for what they produced. Yeah, I was actually concerned about that, and I spoke to Nick uh, in demand, and he said that he'd he'd sold through all of his 50th stuff, and I was I was concerned because I thought I'd, I'd been seeing like, you know, like a couple of vehicle sets still sitting there and all that kind of stuff, but apparently it went, you know, he eventually got kind of through it, and he said, well, it sold really well initially, and and he kind of got through what he'd bought in. And uh, but in my head, I felt like the fiftieth hadn't done very well. I just I don't know why that was the case, but I just I just felt like it hadn't really. And I'm not sure if whether that was more to do with the fact that I wasn't that blown away by the actual product that that was put out. You know, there seems to be an awful lot of negativity within the fandom with people feeling that the the product is failing yeah um but if they if they're still making it if they're still saying okay there it has a future let's design something then it can't be doing that bad you know yeah i, I think we're, we're unnecessarily being very negative about it across the board and it's not um it's it's for whatever reason i just think i think we've become a bit dour we need to perk up and be a bit more exuberant yeah, I mean, it's difficult when you don't have new product on the shelf or you're getting recycled product on the shelves. I, I get it, but something must be going right because we've seen just in, in the last 12 months, we've seen a definite direction for the movie franchise. 
we've seen money getting invested on the creative side of of that. We see a, a definitive direction for the comic property, which had been you know kind of dwindled off into limbo. So clearly, somebody at Hasbro believes in GI Joe and has gotten several other people at Hasbro to believe in GI Joe. Mm. And we just have to keep being patient. These things always come in cycles. Um, I've been. <laughs> I, I come in cycles as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, you can't go all the time, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, not. I, I got back into collecting late 90s. So I've been I've been back at this a while now. And, and Joe has probably come and gone three times in that 16, 17 years. So we just got to we just got to expect it to the, you know, we're, we're on the dark side now and we're going to see the light very soon. Awesome. I mean, in terms of, say, the club, I've been very, very kind of happy with with the kind of output, you know, what, what they've been doing, like concepts, figure subscription service. It's all been very, you know, we've been spoiled for a, a long period of time. You know, at one point with the com- combination of Hasbro and, and the club, we were getting oh, hundreds of figures. You know, it was like, it was insane. Like, I, I you know, obviously when, you, when you're kind of given, I suppose, when you, you're given that for a couple of years and then it's it literally goes down to nothing and then the threat of nothing before you get like a little bit drip fed back to you. I know you fiend for it a little bit and it's it's... Not so much that I was annoyed at like the rehash of stuff. Um, I just think that they're the, the last couple of kind of 50th waves have just been a little bit have just fallen a little bit shy of um, of what I would kind of you know enjoy you know like get some real excitement out of. And yeah, and and I think yeah, it's just about a matter of being patient really because you know that Mark Webber and Daryl DePriest are going to be working on something bigger and better around the corner. So you, you can't really um, uh, rush that. And I think perhaps more importantly to, to tack on to what Eddie's uh, was talking about before about change and, and getting on board. Everybody just kind of needs to prepare themselves too that the G.I. Joe that is coming that we are preparing for is not going to be exactly the same as the G.I. Joe that you're used to. Yeah. And that's not to say it's going to be worse, but it's going to be different. It has to be different. Yeah, you know, we we did the '80s in the '80s, and then we did the '80s again with the 25th anniversary. Yeah, uh, and we've been doing it since then, and nobody's buying it. So clearly, it needs to be different, and it's going to be different. And we can't we can't be quick to just dump on it because it is. Yeah, it's the it's the kind of the only way that they're going to bring any new fans to the fandom is for it to change. Yeah, I um, agree with that. You know, if you if you want to if you want to bring in the younger people. Um, as opposed to having middle-aged guys going on about how great the 80s were, we're now it's now 2016. Something has to be different for it to move forward. Hey, Eddie, remember the 80s? No, I'm I'm too young, Mike. Uh, I was born in 1991. <laughs> that's that's that is a that is a complete lie. <laughs> that is a load of shit, yes. That is complete. Nin- it was 1992. <laughs> For the for the nostalgics though, we've got the the club, and I think that's what the the club should be there for for like the collectors and uh, and I think that you know they would cover that um, that necessity of the vintage collectors and the people that are kind of still enjoying that kind of side of things and for that particular age group as well. And then you know then then you've got uh, you know for for the rest of the the you know for Hasbro for the rest of the brand that's where they need to kind of 
focus for the, the the commercial aspect and trying to get new kids involved and all that kind of jazz and um i mean like dave's mentioned this before with transformers but you know that they get a masterpiece line because of the films and because of the you know all of the other toys that are you know aimed more at the kids i was going to say smelly transformers fans but the end of the kids <laughs> Dave, you just came back from TF Nation talking about the kind of the comparisons between the brands. What was what, what kind of differences do you do you see Transformers to GI Joe? The, the obvious thing that really hits you in the face with something like that is it's it's generational. So there are lots of different age ranges within it, and that is something that keeps something going. Yeah, you have people who are you know relative to their age and what they were into it's their version of that brand star wars is exactly the same um i've got people who are now coming in who are now in their early 20s who for them their version of star wars is actually clone wars uh as a cartoon because that's kind of like what they were into if, if you understand where i'm meaning you know they they it makes me feel old yeah yeah no exactly but you but you, you have that you don't really but you also have a larger engagement um what was really apparent this year with uh, a female audience and that is arguably through the comic book medium and recruiting a whole new different sort of area fan base there are female fans and things like that so yeah you're ab- you're absolutely right and and these things are created off the back of knowing that there's money coming into the brand the movie has opened you know it might not be everyone's ideal cup of tea but it does open up the possibilities for like further expansion and 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 things like that and to do braver product development and and sub brands within it you know sub product lines within the brand and i'm saying that, that that's coming back to what i was saying earlier about the movie the movie did well but it didn't then capitalize on that and keep things going forward uh it kind of just like stopped dead and then we had this, the whole problem with the 50th anniversary. Because at, at the end of the day, what you're saying about the club is absolutely right, um, catering for the nostalgic thing. Let's not forget that that is exactly what they do for the 12-inch. We're always talking about like the three and three-quarter inch for like G.I. Joe yeah. and Action Force. But that is, they are literally, that's that's the they are the, the the torchbearers for that on the 12 inch side of things for the last few years you know no no nothing else has has kind of catered for that so that and I, and I do personally believe that is like you know been one of their, their their saving graces because if they didn't there'd be literally nothing and and that part of this brand because we're we're always locked on to the 80s side of things as like Ed, Eddie was like talking about but if you look at the what we had before then all of that would be lost if if they weren't actually like doing you know taking care of that side of things yeah. in 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 one one form or another and i think there is it it is more difficult for joe to to develop that but that's not to say that you can't do it it's just more of a challenge and i think you know there is there is scope there and certainly things like when you look at the the bait stuff you know the, the the reimagining of those characters and things like that that is one way to take it you know if if you look at what the transformers have done for arguably the sort of teenage market gamers and adult sort of general toy sales they've closely followed the comic book side of things 
mm-hmm. you know, with with the aesthetic and the design and the and the and the product choices, and and it works for them. So maybe if 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 there was more of a tie-in with that, and you could be seeing that with like the whole crossover thing, that will never happen. <laughs> but if if there is if if there is the li- more a link in there, then you know, that there there is your roadmap. Um, but over the last few years, it. it, it my personal feeling is it's been a bit of a missed opportunity, especially when you've had money coming in from the movie side of things. I went into a real ghetto Toys R Us the other day, yes, <laughs> yesterday in actual fact, in Vegas, and it it was actually a really fun experience because it was exactly the same floor plan as the one I used to work in in Norwich. So I walk in, I'm like, where the have I just, have I gone back home? What the f- is this? But as I'm walking around, they had there's an Animal Planet playset. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that range, uh, and also the Toys R Us uh, military brand. Uh, is it True Heroes? Yeah, yes. I think it's True Heroes. And then so they had that kind of stuff knocking about. But it it was like aisles and aisles of it. And I was like, wow, like this is like the True Hero stuff was literally one in like you would see back in the 80s. You'd have seen Joe like in like one whole aisle of it and you know that it kind of took you kind of took your breath away that's what they had with with their own brand military stuff and and i was really surprised because i yeah i i very rarely see that sell i very rarely see it go anywhere or see people talking about it or you know see you know people yeah i've seen like the odd one that where um carson did that amazing custom of the uh what was it like a hovercraft with a tank in it and but he did it like a, a viper one which was really yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was I was about to say, but the only the only circles we see those moving in are the people who customize. Exactly. Now that that's not to say that we're that's not to say those are the only ones moving. It's just that in in what we do mm. that you know. But um, I was really in, impressed to see that that stuff out there, and they had some really cool. Well, you know, you've seen it like the the Hercules. Uh, C-130. Yeah, the freaking helicopters they have in that range are amazing. They've got like a Tomahawk-style helicopter, but the like the Awe-Striker-style vehicle can go in it. Like, it can drive into the back of it. And you just think, they're working on a really... I know the plastic isn't, you know, the, the kind of... Uh, the quality isn't as high, like, production-wise, but it's very well done. Like, I'm, it's it's very attractive, and it's very much like I look at it and I go... God, I want this. But I'm always thinking, like, I want it for my G.I. Joe stuff. You know, I want to do a diorama, but I want to have this stuff. Like, you know, stuff that we haven't seen in years done in the G.I. Joe line. And I kind of, I don't know, I'm a bit a bit jealous, really, that, that you know, they're, they're knocking this stuff out. And yet, G.I. Joe isn't getting, like, a look in, you know? And, I, I yeah, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit. I can't remember where I was going with that, but I just know that it was amazing. And to see that entire, like, aisle... It was like mind blowing. I think what you're saying there is that there's Toys R Us wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't a market for market, it. Market, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so tired right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, because space is always at a premium uh, at retail. Yeah. And you know, do you dedicate a, a shelf, a bay, an end cap, an entire aisle for this stuff, or do you fill it with Lego Ninjago? You know, um, and and that's what they're always working on is 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 the yield. Now, there are other factors involved in this. You know, they've they've got like direct tie-ins, so the profitability is much better than say 
something they're getting from a company like Hasbro mm. um, because you know they, they they they've got certain agreements in place for that line, and then you know stock in the range and 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 what they're getting per cut. But even at the same time, if it wasn't selling, then those agreements are good for nothing. You know, yeah, yeah. you could be giving them a hundred percent of something, but if it doesn't sell, then that hundred percent, you know, is isn't worth the while when you can get twenty percent of well, ten percent of something that you're selling bucket loads of. Yeah. So that there is really telling you what you need to know on one level. However, I do know that there is a very big resistance um, from buyers at mass market retailers towards military-based play themes. Now, pretty much the majority of boys' toys do have a good versus evil thing, uh, like theme going on within it, like be it if it's cops and robbers or, you know, like a fantasy or science fiction thing. There, there are, you know, there's the good guys and the bad guys. You know, you see that common theme going through it. But I think from a, from a, a retailer's perspective, I think they do struggle when it's something that is kind of loosely based around something that they can relate to you know within the real world what makes me laugh though is that gi joe is kind of a little bit you know sometimes it's close to military sometimes it's further away than than anything can be yet the stuff they're selling their own brand true hero stuff is specifically military and it is like no unashamed kind of military figures you know everything is very clearly guns big vehicles that kind of thing so like you know there's that element too part of joe's issue too is that uh with true heroes um it's very vague in terms of the story behind it sure there's no good guys there's no bad guys you're just buying the toys for your kids and letting them figure it out sure gi joe has always kind of trod or rather since the 80s when it was reinvented it's kind of trod that line between military and superheroes. Yeah. Like they've got flashy code names and they've all got a specialty and they have funky vehicles. They're they're basically they're they're low they're all low powered Batman, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so when when you add a specific objective in stopping a specific villain, you're kind of endorsing well, they're going to use their guns to do that. Yeah. Whereas when when you don't have that, they say, well, they're just they're they're going to do like like the the, the story Larry Hama always tells. Well, what are we going to do? Have a march around in a circle? <laughs> well, that's kind of what how they get away with that with the generic brands is that they just it's like they they can wash their hands of any kind of story and say, well, we're we're just supplying the toys. Your your kid is yeah. is is yeah. his own little homegrown mini psychopath. You know, he he's the one killing them, not us. <laughs> but when when you put in a the the very defined line of good versus evil onto that military theme, well suddenly we've got somebody that we're actively endorsing them to kill. Yeah. That's and, very uh, true. That's very true. Uh, I mean if you look at things like Transformers, they're rebuilt. Yeah, no one ever dies in the superhero stuff. That's another thing, isn't it? Like Batman is is very much a no guns guy, knock him out and, and take prisoners yeah. kind of guy. Villains that never <laughs> die kind of guy. Or if they do, they come back. Yeah, totally. Apart from Zod. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he can Zod off, who's, can't he? Who who Superman killed in the film. He I murdered know, he him. Snapped Apart his... from that. But yeah. he came back as Doomsday. Oh man, that's a spoiler. Oh, sorry. Have you not seen? Have you not seen the movie? <laughs> I haven't yet, but I know that. All oh, right. Case. Okay. The thing, thing is, when you stood here, everybody comes and tells you stuff anyway. And you're like, 
Uh, well, you, you, own, you own the toy store, so you're first in line, right? Yeah, you lock, exactly. You just lock the shop up, shop up to, to go to the movie theater. I, I, no, no, it's not that. I get everybody's movie reviews, whether if you want it or not. And you're like, <laughs> okay. That's at least four or five people a month. <laughs> yeah. That's all exactly. the movies covered, then. That's how, that's how long the movie reviews are. <laughs> that's how long that movie is. Um, by the way, Dave, basically Bruce Willis was dead the whole time and the kid could see him. Right. Kevin Spacey was Andrew Sosa. Yeah, and he, yeah. Uh, I can't think of any more spoilers. That uh... Planet of the Apes was Earth the whole time. Oh, Luke Skywalker appears at the end. Right at the end. Oh my God. Like the whole movie. Was wrong. The whole movie it was goes Earth. by. All along. <laughs> and also, um, you, you kids on the block really are hanging tough. Yeah. They've got the right stuff, uh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love Joey. <laughs> I was a Donnie guy. A I used to love Donnie. I love a Joey. I loved all of them. They're all sexy. What? Yeah. Okay, so that's... Your, your hair is a daily tribute to them. It is. Because uh, I, I finish yes. off into my hand and then I use it as hair product. There's something about McLeod. <laughs> something about <laughs> McCary. Something about McLeod. <laughs> Something about McLeod. That sounds like a disease. Sounds like Columbo. <laughs> one more question, Mrs. Kowalski. <laughs> Just one more thing. Uh, excuse me, you, sir. When you get the uh, same one, one, one thing doesn't make sense to me, sir. Now he's here. Mike doesn't have to put the accent on because he's already got the accent. He just has to put a gruffer voice on. <laughs> Peter right. Falk is my spirit animal. I would love to see that as a two-pack. Mike Irizarry and Peter Falk two pack as Peter Falk as your spirit animal, that would be wicked. Um, mine is Eddie, and we've already got our two pack sorted. Yeah, it would yeah, be uh, a, a really overweight guy and a a, a and clear clear plastic Mike Peter Irizarry. Falk in a trench coat. <laughs> Hologram, as force Hologram ghost. Peter. Force ghost Peter Falk. No. Uh, just a skeleton or some ashes an urn they could use that montezuma skeleton from the 80s yeah. pack from the gij just, just mike with a trench coat on. yeah a, an urn with a trench coat they could use a they could use a <laughs> hack they could use a skeleton right okay next news item figure subscription service 4.0 mystery 13th figure has been revealed as carla doc greer the female doc the G.I. Joe Collectors Club FSS 4.0 final shipment began showing up at members' doorsteps recently as we finally got a look at the European Tiger Force homages of Sneak Peek and Outback. As well as getting these awesome characters, we were also treated to a mystery 13th figure that had been kept well under wraps until now. Female Doc is a very obscure character to do and is the niece, actually, I believe, of the original Carl Doc Greer from the comics. The reception has been mixed so far, but we think she looks very cool indeed. Good job she's a medic, as she will have to treat all of this butthurt going around. Female Doc. Short fuse. <laughs> Grand Slam. Bombardier. Repaint. The reception has been mixed so far, but we think she looks very cool indeed, especially with that massive <laughs> cannon. Good job she's a medic, as she will need to. As she will have to treat all of this butthurt going around after she's used that massive <laughs> cannon on their holes. So, first off, let's talk about Tiger Force, Outback, and Sneak Peek. Something obviously very close to us, uh, the European exclusive homages. Re like, when this was revealed, Dave, back at JoeCon, whatever it was, 2015, was it? Or 
It yes. was, yes. Yeah. So yeah, back yeah. in 2015, when it was revealed that we were getting not just Jammer from Z Force, but we were also going to be getting Outback and Sneak Peek from the European exclusives. I mean, it felt like a three a three figure job for us, didn't it? Hang on, I said figure, right? It felt like a three finger job for us. Like it was insane how sum up your thoughts of that day when we were revealed to them initially i was slightly deaf in one ear where you were shouting so loudly i know i did scream didn't i it, it, it was a monumental day and it was a good day but um ice cube <laughs> i didn't have to use my ak <laughs> <but> like, uh, <laughs> um no it, it, it was it was great it was electric and although strictly speaking it probably wasn't for us we took that as it was for us i took that as a f- win it's close enough isn't it europe i know it's not anymore yeah. i know we've brexited that shit, but and we, we we went forward and then we went back down to one figure for for this year but doesn't matter we we had three we take it uh, and we loved it but no it was it was awesome it was great to be able to see a, a wider acknowledgement of stuff on that front but it was good have you received your figures yet i have what, i have what, sorry go on i was gonna say what they're like <laughs> Oh, you, oh, of course you not got yours. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, they are very cool. I, I will be honest, I'm not at all connected to Doc in any shape or form. You know, well, I'm, I'm not... look similar. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... <laughs> the d- cannon in tow. <laughs> but uh, Sneak Peek and Outback, I'm definitely keeping those bad boys. They are very, very cool. I've been really impressed with Sneak Peek from the pictures. I mean, Outback is a win, but the head sculpt is incredible. But the Sneak Peek, I've been really impressed with how he looks. Like, from some of the pictures coming out, he looks so f***ing cool. Yeah. yeah. So much cooler than the original. <laughs> yeah, he, he really turned out better than I expected. Yeah. Mike, you've, you've got these, right? Correct. So, how do they rate in that particular FSS for you? Very close to the top. I, I don't have a problem with Lady Duck. Because you're not racist or sexist. Correct. Whereas <laughs> Dave... <laughs> Whereas Dave is crazy in both regards. <laughs> Um, he's rexist or sexist. Carry on. Sexist? No, he's rexist. rexist. He's definitely rexist. That, that's the one. Because it, it's both racist, sexist, and sounds a little bit like rectum. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's also known on the circuit as Dave Farage. What was that one that Ed, um, Annie came out yesterday? What was it? Oh, it was talking about smelly people. Did you see that? No. Oh, God, hang on. <laughs> It, it was it was the funniest thing she. No, it was a name name for someone that they got at work uh, that comes in and. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I know, I know where it was. It was Nick Wells where he was talking about Chris's bad stinky farts. Oh, when he, um, when he posted that video online. Yeah, which was horrifically accurate. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Poopers. Which is funny coming from Nick because it's not like his fart smell of perfume. If anything, he's, some of the things he's, he's just... dropped have, have, have caused worldwide <laughs> panic. <laughs> oh no, here we go. So Anne wrote, we've, we, we've got a customer with a vehicle known as Sex Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just right. think is awesome. You know, bring me Sex Picasso. Christ. I, I love it. Amazing. But, uh, anyway. Um... Uh, Outback, I was prepared to like because of the kitsch value of that figure with the the t-shirt and the white hair. One of Nick's farts killed the Outbreak monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, carry on, Mike. In in fairness... Dustin Hoffman was there. 
Yes. In fairness, he he was already pretty sick. He was pretty sick. I think Nick already, pushed him over the edge. You know, yeah, it's it's we can't give it all the credit, but certainly was he, some. Was, he, was that one related to the one that started the twenty-eight days later? <laughs> yes, friends? yes, yes. I think so. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Carry on, yeah. what you were saying. No, no, let's 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 keep cutting Mike off and, and essentially start talking about monkeys that are very unwell. <laughs> Thanks uh, to Nick Wells farts. I, I hear Bubbles has a cold. <laughs> He's probably got full blown AIDS, I would I would hazard a guess at saying. Yeah. He's got AIDS bubbles. <laughs> full blown monkey AIDS. <laughs> full blown monkey AIDS. Uh, which which is uh, which is, you know, apparently very similar to full-blown aids anyways full-blown monkey aids is a song in the jungle book i think so i i when they did that reboot last year i think that was that was in there was the, the modern take they had to update it so yeah, people don't like know. change though especially joe fans they didn't like it no they, they didn't no, they thought no, it was rubbish well, they could not yeah. accept that that louis prima's been dead for 40 years <laughs> <laughs> so mike yeah outback sorry go go for it <laughs> So, anyways, I was I was prepared to like Outback because of, because of his kitschy value. Yeah, uh, and, and then you know prepared to be okay with sneak peek, but really both of those turned out to be much better than I would have expected. And like like you said, Tiger Force sneak peek turned out like regular sneak peek is going to be a that's that's a tough act for it to follow. Yeah, it, it's really it, it's a it's a great figure. Outback is outstanding. That that head sculpt is amazing, and the, yeah, just just. Really, two of the I'm trying. It's 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 late, so I'm 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 trying to cycle back through all of them in yeah, my head, and yeah. it's probably two two of the top three or four uh, with, without question. Is the two or the three figures that I don't have as because obviously I left the country as they were being delivered, and and, and they're the ones I wanted the most. <laughs> That's what you think? <laughs> well, what have you? Have you- on them or something no it was this the Wrong assumption flip. that you were getting them. oh that yeah well i've got them dave they're just not on the card um <laughs> <laughs> and instead of getting female doc they just stuffed 12 bucks in the box buck <laughs> rogers <laughs> yeah 12 buck rogers in there uh i felt buck rogered i must admit uh, when that happened the ninth time but buck um, rogered yeah totally buck rogered so um <laughs> have we had all the outbacks now i think so i i unless they figure out a new one yeah we have haven't we we've had the night force one we've had the regular one oh there's a battle corpse one isn't there oh yeah you're right thanks dave yeah with the yellow and red helmet variants yes yeah. we do we got, have an out- we got we've we even got zombie we even got zombie fighting outback but snow job there is going to be another one um, called Gout Back, where he's got a bad leg. <laughs> and his he's back. All over the he's got a shit leg yeah. and a shit back. Yeah, yeah. And he's got gout in is... his back. Yeah. And there is the one that was um, when he was out at sea, Trout Back. Um, yeah. Colonel, has... Colonel Trout Back. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo's yeah. dad. Oh, no, and, it wasn't his dad. And then there was, <laughs> then there was the one he's when the he was... A... He's the only fighting machine. <laughs> <laughs> when he was a when he was a fireman, and you have sprout back, um, yeah. sprout yeah. back. You'd have been better off going for the vegetable route, I reckon, Dave. Yeah. No spout, spout yeah. back. That oh, takes sp- me on to sprout back. Sprout. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> when he was a farmer. And there's the one where he gets hit round the head. Uh, there, there was the one where he had nothing. That was nout back. Um, yeah. I was thinking clout back. 
Oh, clown. There's the loud one. Nice. Shout back. Shout back. That was when he was. Yeah, I, I thought the one that got hit in the head was uh, ouch back. <laughs> yeah. Shout, shout back was when he was in his YouTube years. Um, out, ouch back is probably the one where he gets hit in the back, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah, we. we I want to see all of those variants. The Doc's no cannon. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about Doc's no cannon. How? What, what, the, I, what the? I have to be honest. How suggestive? When they were designing this, what what made them think that that was a good idea? Let's put um, a giant red phallus uh, on the end of it. So I... then she can p herself with it. What the hell? I'm more confused. Sorry, that's I'm slightly graphic. I'm more confused as to why they've given a medic a fucking like mortar, a penis mortar cannon, when like something like I don't know the multitude of accessories that Lifeline or that really cool Rise of Cobra dock, you know, the run of rescue dock came with. You know, all those kind of different medical accessories they could have pummeled her with accessories wise <laughs> she confuses me figure build wise though i think she looks really good the head looks a bit shiny for me like a bit smooth uh -huh. in places <laughs> not that head but the actual build looks really really solid what's she like have you got her out of the packaging at all guys i have not yet, actually okay is it is that something you will do mike or do you think you're just going to keep her carded no no i i will eventually uh, i just just haven't gotten to it yet no worries what about you dave are you keeping um, you're not, are you? Are you selling her on? She is moving on. Honestly, for figure <laughs> subscription, around about half of what I get within that yeah. doesn't really appeal to me. So I, I never keep the full run. I always just like pick my favorite. So from this one, for example, so uh, Sneak Peek, Outback, Jammer, Interrogator. Yes. And that's been it. I forgot about Interrogator. Yeah. Oh, Bullhorn was pretty good, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't like the headband, but I I thought he was pretty solid besides. Okay, I'm trying to think who else was in that lineup. Uh, I did other f videos for them. How have I forgotten? I, I, was... I was on I was on the fence with Ice Creeper Ninja because I thought that was quite cool, but uh, but you got Bullhorn, uh, Barricade. Oh yeah, Barricade. Yeah. Um, Firebat. Inferno Bat. There you go. It's all come flooding back to me now because I literally did all these FSS videos with Justin and I completely forgotten what which ones they were. That's what you it's the hypnotic sensuality of working with Justin Bell. <laughs> Justin Bellux. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay, that's cool. Well, to, to be honest, I I definitely would have those Tiger Force boys at the top of my uh, of, of that FSS. They were they look fantastic. I can't wait to not play with them. Um, okay, so next up, next news item. Jokon 2017 site goes live. The club has been super busy, it would seem. They have recently posted a new logo for the upcoming 2017 G.I. Joe convention set to take place in Walt Disney World, Orlando, Florida on June 15th through 18th, 2017. The banner image they shared says the tradition lives on the left-hand side, which relates to the renewed contract for two more years of cons, and has the date and location info we already know about to the con on the right-hand side. Shortly after this, the website went live as well as room reservations for the hotel. Very exciting stuff. Hopefully this means we expect more drip-fed information as the weeks go on and the almost inevitable don't-hold-your-breath stop-start-registration email fun. It's all good, though, and now we can start guessing what the concept theme will be. I think it's about time we got a Sigma Six set. Cough Bell, your Sigma Six. <laughs> well, that needs fact, to be a liner. 
It does, doesn't it? T-shirts. The actual website posted the hotel block, didn't it? And now, I think Monday yes. and Tuesday are out. I think they're all booked up. I don't think that there were a, probably a whole lot of rooms set aside for Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. figure they probably have a bigger bigger block set aside for Wednesday forward, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I managed to get my booking in, so I got uh, Wednesday to Monday, I think. Well, Sunday night. I'm really looking forward to Orlando. Oh my goodness. So everybody's staying with you then? Yes, it would it would appear so. It's not like I, I'm going to want a room or anything. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know what Connor's about. Get a room. <laughs> yes. So, right. Okay. So let's let's figure out. Mike, are you going to Orlando? Uh, I I am trying to. We'll, we'll see if how it works. Um, this is going to be a little bit more of a of an economic undertaking than the last couple of years have been. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I suppose everything's been fairly reachable around you, hasn't it? And kind of not in the middle, middle, but you are fairly close, kind of central. Oh, this this is about as middle as it gets, really. I mean, what Kansas City is probably the only. <laughs> The only place that's more central than St. Louis okay, is. Okay, fair enough. But uh, it's not even so much that. It's because you can get to Dallas pretty pretty easily from here. Yeah. You know, it, getting there isn't going to be the problem. It's going to be there's there there is an additional expense involved with with getting there and and just being in the the Disney yeah. system. You know, it's it's not like Mickey Mouse Corporation. Damn it! It's not like in Loveland. Excuse me, in in Loveland, where even if uh, you know we 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 splurged and got the rental car, the uh, my brother and Hudson's and myself, and um, even if we didn't have that, we'd have still done okay, just hanging around what was immediately available at the hotel. So you know, I, I don't think this place is going to be as similar. It's it's going to be a bit more expensive just to to get through that five or six days that you're actually there than it has been Loveland or Springfield or Springland or Lovefield. Correct. Dave and Eddie, what are your thoughts about hitting Joe Con up next year? Is it something that you're planning on doing or is it a bit of a stretch? Or Dave, I know you kind of like tend to leave it to the last second before going. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave's in a defense Disney souvenirs. <laughs> so, I mean, what are your thoughts, guys, at the moment? Start with Eddie. It's so early doors for me to, to even think about, to think about it, really, because the way my work holidays work i really do not know until january the first sure yeah so it's, it's, it's far too early for me to think about it okay dave is it a similar thing for you yeah kind of i mean for me it on a similar sort of note to to eddie it's all down to if i can resource it um because the, you know i there's no holiday pay and there's no one here to cover the shop, so it's like a double hit. I will say that it being in Orlando does make it a lot easier for me and presents a greater many options than the last few in terms of availability of flights and choice in and around. So that that makes it easier. I will say it being in June, I, I probably would have preferred it being in that sort of April slot personally speaking that would have made it much more more feasible but i'm definitely going to do my best to get there purely yeah. because this has been the easiest one to get to no, <laughs> no, bot, no, bot, 
no botcon to work around. Yes, that 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 is very true, and it is cheaper in 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 the sort of those kind of summer months uh, for uh, typically speaking for uh, venue bookings and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I will certainly do my best to do it, and I'd like to because because I've not been to Orlando for a good few years. So for me, I've got a lot of friends out there that an extended stay I can catch up with uh, some friends who. Have, have always lived there and, and some friends who are from the UK that uh, converted over you know, many years ago so I'll do my best coolsies I'm definitely going not, not, like wild horses couldn't keep me away and they will probably try so I, yeah I can't f-ing wait but what would wild horses be doing to keep you away uh, like uh, a dance they'd probably just be l- like running at me very hard lots of them and then I would just I'd fight my way through them like a hero and then I get to the concert, and then that's it. That's the end of the. That's the end. Of the- you might get distracted by their. F- <laughs> I would actually. I think that's what would happen. I'd just have to masturbate and watch them have sex with each other. Uh, this sorry. No, that, no, that, no, that, no. I, I think I think you would essentially get involved. Yeah, I would. I'd get a little they, bit they, of horse they, in me. What? They would be. They would be uh, smashing your back doors in. No, mainly uh, the throat. Oh, is I it? Oh, silver away. Hey, spit roasted by a couple of stallions. Is that what you're saying? Definitely, black ones. What? Yeah. I'd have black beauty on one side and desert orchid on the other. <laughs> um, I'd say to one of them, "Well, you'd be gargling at one of them. Why the long face? Just try to be funny. Why the long? <laughs> why the long? Why are you pushing your in my throat? Why are you feeling a little hoarse? There, there could be so many. So many. So many. Jokes. Never suck whilst a course off in the mouth. What? That doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah. So many great jokes whilst being spit roasted by by horses. Yes. <laughs> Should be a thing. Should really be a thing. Oh dear God. What do you guys think the the box set's going to be based on horse sex? No, based on. I don't really know what you could base it on because the logo doesn't really give much away. But what what do you guys envision would be kind of box set material for this uh, coming con? Vacation in the shadows too. Uh, weekend at Bernie's. Oh. <laughs> pig in the city. W- vacation <laughs> in the shadows too. Pig in the city. Electric. <laughs> pig in the titty. Pig in the titty gangbang. Or that pig has got titties. The hell have I got? Squeal, squeal, little titty. Yeah, yeah. The tagline could be: "Your girl squeal like a pig, boy." So box set ideas, guys, for the uh, con. I I gave you one. You, you get you got no reaction. I got porn title. What did you? Uh, no, I, no. Vacation I in the shadows too. Pig in the city. Right. So Pig you're. City. So you think Red Shadows would be a, a feasible one this time? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're just at that point now where it needs a modern look, doesn't it? Yeah, we're 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 the work that our friend Mister Tree has done in those presentations and the amount of interest. That has gathered uh, because of those presentations. I know people are putting this on. You know, I know people are are giving them that feedback. Yeah, it's got to show oh, up. That's very nice of you to say that, Mike. But uh, <laughs> if it happens, it won't be anything that we've contributed to this mess. Well, we, <laughs> that's we, for sure. You've contributed to it, but you've certainly detracted from it in other ways. Uh, well, well <laughs> the show is probably put it, done put more it like this: it, 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 it will never go on record, especially after the Black Beauty thing. We just <laughs> no. Had. no, we have ruined all. <laughs> no one will ever admit to it. 
said that this year's concept's gonna be about horse sex. So I've got the black. And Chris, Chris is gonna be ripped apart by two horses. Yeah. That's gonna be the concept. Desert Orchid. Five trigger vipers. Codename Sea Biscuit. Codename Soggy Biscuit. Semen Biscuit. Yeah, sweet. Clip clock. The game I lose on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Clip clock, McLeod. This might work as a crossover to the My Little Pony guys as well, so. Yeah, oh, I, they'd I love that. They'd be all over that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to spit roast Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I get so it's much exact. gay loving. It's amazing. You're you're just enjoying that way too much as a verb. Anything you guys want to see as a as a concept, uh, Dave, Eddie? Yeah, you you have the obvious there with what I would like. Um, but there are plenty of other things that haven't been touched on yet. So you have Battle Force 2000. You have DEF. Yeah, you you got some of those other sort of like sub teams that if you look at how they've themed the last few years, they've always been one of those sorts of things with Eco Force and Tiger Force and then uh, Sky Patrol. I'd be surprised if they if they take a break from that run of things. So I've got a feeling, you know, I, I don't know if it ties up with any kind of like anniversary, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's DEF or Battle Force 2000. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, B- Battle Force 2000. That'd be wicked. Is there any... Oh, uh, what's the other ones? The, um, sorry, I was, uh, the uh, Space Guys. I can never remember Star the names. Brigade. I always call them Space... Star Brigade. Yeah, so you got that as well. But DEF, I reckon. Star Brigade would be tough, wouldn't it? Because of the like intricate builds and stuff. They'd have to do a lot of new tooling and, and shiz like that. Yeah. yeah. But it would be a... F- cool set yeah I, I i could see that um with a defiant as like the uh, exclusive vehicles <laughs> which you would you'd probably be the only one that bought it because it would most assuredly be twelve hundred dollars <laughs> i'd max out my uh golden ticket on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i got seven Just... of these <laughs> shrink, shrink wrapping a pallet to send back to las vegas <laughs> that's only if Do the con was in vegas though You'll be you'll be living on that pallet. Totes. Next thing you know, you'd be you'd be taking me up on my offer for a shitty job in St. Louis. I almost have. Like you sent me that one that job you sent me the other day was really good. That wasn't a shitty job though. That's a legitimate job. Yeah, a legitty job. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I can I, I can get you a shitty job. I don't want a job. I just, I'm just gonna I'm happy to just be uh, a bum for the rest of my life. I think. I or can't be bummed for the rest of your life. Pick one, either or. Oh, okay. Cool. I know which one you're going to pick. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so, next news item. G.I. Joe Collectors Club reveals FSS 5.0 characters. A few weeks ago, the Collectors Club revealed all the characters from their upcoming figure subscription service 5.0 line, and they look pretty cool. First up was Charbroil, and despite the fact that he's a repaint of the Night Force version we had a few years back, he looks really good in his original colors. Following that, we saw Ambush, and this one is pure win with a number of interesting parts and accessories to help create the concealment fabric that the original came with. Third, we have Darklon, a strange decision by the club to redo a character that they have previously created for an Iron Grenadier Ground Assault exclusive 2-pack with Sergeant Major Duncan for Jokon 2012 in New Orleans. Still unsure about this guy taking up a spot in the lineup, when there are so many other awesome characters that haven't been explored, but judgment will be delayed until I see the figure in hand and in comparison to the previous version. General Flag, however, is an absolute beauty. 
I've used them in my own dial stories in the past, and I'm really pleased with the version the club has shown here. If you thought Darklon was brightly colored, wait till you get a load of the Battlecore Cobra Viper. Yikes, that thing is purple, and he looks cool. However, I can't help but think a straight repaint of the Iron Anvil would have been much better build for this figure. Raptor seems to divide opinion, but those wings look intense. They have matched the original very closely, but there are a few odd choices in there with the build. Our UK contingent will be very happy with Gaucho. Nothing too surprising, but a very cool Mexican flag bird tattoo adorns his chest and is a fun homage to the character's origins. Salvo is very interesting. After the club revealed him for the first time, they were bombarded with criticism and general outrage. I think general outrage will be in FSS 6. For the slim build and the way-off-the-mark font choice for the t-shirt. To their credit, the club has been very accommodating and have revealed a second version that knocks it out of the park. We await confirmation from the factory, but it is looking good. After the initial disappointment of Salvo, we got an awesome-looking scoop. Sharing the G.I. Joe Con 2016 box set airborne head sculpt, as many expected to happen, we have to accept yet another non-removable helmet. This is frustrating, but sometimes that's just par for the course. Sneak Peek looks great, but there's a change of web gear that leaves us scratching our heads a little bit. A straight repaint of the Tiger Force version would have sufficed, but at least it creates a slight difference in the overall look. I know at Jokon the club asked the crowd whether or not they wanted different web gear for the standard version, and the crowd seemed to be positive for that response. Steel Raven looks beautiful. They have avoided the obvious Crimson Asp repaint and instead gone for the Paris Pursuit Baroness build, allowing for a very cool-looking long leather jacket. She mostly resembles her appearance in the second season of the G.I. Joe Extreme cartoon, though her colors have been subdued and there's no cape. Zaymod is incredible, an all-new head sculpt by the four horsemen have gone into this version of the Scarred Crimson Twin, and it shows. They are adamant that he's the Shattered Glass version, but you could easily use him as extensive Enterprise's suit version of the character that we saw in the Sunbow cartoon and comics from time to time. We also got a few clues for the mystery 13th figure. It will be female, and highly sought after. We could see Tiger Force Jinx or Mayday in that slot. That's a whole lineup, and overall I'm happy with the offering now that we've had a chance to see the Photoshop mock-ups. When the characters were revealed to us at Jokon, I was about 50-50 on the choices, but now I'm far more positive for the entire group, so that is a really good outcome. Let's break down, uh, even though Justin has actually done a little bit of detail with that, let's break down each individual member and have a look at them and just see you know, what we think in, in terms of scales. We'll go through the group on this one. So, um, okay, the first up we have Charbroil. Uh, repaint of the Night Force version Charbroil, pretty decent figure from the from the Night Force set. Uh, looks good in his his, his uh, original colours. Let's get some ideas off everyone here. Dave, what do you think of Charbroil? As a character, personally, I I personally couldn't care less for for Charbroil. But as an FSS, anything that I think that you see end up in a convention set. Well, we've had like uh, Eco Warriors, yeah. uh, Night Force, and and uh, Tiger Force. You know that they've kind of done some of that work already, so you know you're going to get an iteration of it in its regular colours at some point in the near future. I think it's it's worth including at this point where we've mentioned before. This was like at, when they done the shortlist. It was almost kind of like um, this might be our last hurrah, and, and they mentioned that in the. Joe Con panel, you know, to like you know, fill up the, the the gaps and things like that. So it's understandable why why Charbroil's in it, and also it's enough of a gap from since the Night Force one came out to him being featured now. It's not like it was within six months, uh, and you're kind of like feeling a little bit like mm. I'm 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 indifferent to the character, 
but I'm happy to see him here. I struggled to find a place for him in the vintage line. Like, I, I, I had the figure and, you know, thought it was okay, but I struggled to find, like, a, like a military place for him. I, I tended to struggle with him in, in that, you know, kind of thing. Mike, what about you? Do you, Does Charbroil have any, you know, do you have any connection with the character or do you just, do you think this figure actually, you know, has a good kind of uh, representation of the vintage version? No and yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Charbroil was one of those guys, it was, uh, you know, he's a, a late 80s, early 90s guy. He's more uh, after I was done collecting the first time as a kid and, and they were just kind of resetting things and, and I mean, he was fine. I don't begrudge the selection or anything. I'm, I'm pretty happy that it's there. I'm glad that they are filling in a, an easy one that fans were asking for because I know that the Night Force one was out there and yeah. it, you know set everybody up and because we can't do anything that didn't come out 30 years ago as a fandom so we're we're thrilled about it. <laughs> but anyway, um, nobody nobody reacted. Fine, <laughs> fine, whatever. Dicks. <laughs> That's primary my ass. I'll edit it so it sounds like we reacted quickly to it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. But, uh, you know, again, I have I have no problems there. It's it's well done. It was well done the first time. It looks like it's going to be well done this time. I definitely think he's he's cooler in the modern version than he was in the vintage version. I actually quite like that. I think the Night Force version suited him, you know, really well. And I thought it, he looked good in that team. Again, like when he comes back to this original colors kind of style, I'm I'm not sure where he fits in with Giorgio, but. Yeah, he looks like a bad guy with that helmet. It almost looks like a, a cobra flame thrower type kind of guy. So little bit. Yeah, it's just the big eyes. Eddie, do you have any care here? <laughs> well, the the original Night Force version, I have that. Yeah, and I quite like that, if I'm honest. Mm. And I do have the original Charbol. Which is a bit, I'm not going to say naff, but it's a bit sort of uh, created for creation's sake, hmm. I think. No, I can, I feel that. Do, do you know what I mean? So Totally. Like they were over-designing him. Yeah, like some of the figures that you get, I think, were just a case of someone's gone, we need to release something, there you go. You know, it's a, kind of a bit like that. There's not a great deal thought gone into the process. So the the modern take on it, I think is a modern take on it. Um, that's probably the most conversation anyone in any podcast is going to do on Charbroil in the FSS this this year. I challenge anybody to uh, do more talking than that on Charbroil. Next up, we have Ambush. Now, this is cool. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the build. People are kind of forgetting that sometimes the Photoshop's aren't exactly what we're going to be seeing in the final product but there are some concerns here with his neck i personally think the figure looks really cool i quite like i love you know what they've done with him the fact they've used the dusty gear to kind of represent that ghillie suit that he had with um, the original line <laughs> i say that very loosely it was just a bit of cloth but um again you know they've, they've they've done a lot to try and homage the original ambush i loved this figure as a kid i thought he oozed personality oozed lovely and I, I just i thought he was a really good build and a like came with some really awesome accessories we'll swing around again dave thoughts on ambush for me ambush will now forever be raging spoon <laughs> following his entry into the uh, 2014 dallas joe con cosplay and it was uh, a crying shame he did not win 
dressed as ambush mm-hmm. in a suit <laughs> <laughs> but uh genuinely i can't look at this figure now without seeing, without seeing the spoon <laughs> um so i really like it are you gonna put the ambush head on the, yeah, on the zaymot body rags. yeah yeah <laughs> That's what you need to do, and you need to say. That's exactly to... what I'm going to be doing. I'm just going to leave it like that there, or, or I need to. I'll, I'll be honest, I really like this. I'm, I, I can understand what people are saying about the whatnot, um, but uh, at this point, what you're looking at is is a combination of uh, things kind of like put together. It's not the final thing. Uh, and we've had this time and time again where the Photoshop digibash kit bash is just literally a representation to whet your appetite and not the final thing so i'm not too bothered or concerned about that in terms of the things that were like put together here like you're saying using the pursuit of cobra um uh, dusty sort of cape thing yeah I, I i like that i think that's kind of cool and as much as everybody wants to see a, a modern update it, it, it's weird people still want, want to see a modern update but with exactly the same thing that they had. Yeah. And that frustrates me because it's like, well, it's not really a modern update. And yeah, it'd be nice to include new bits and pieces, but you can't, you've you got to accept that you, there's, there has to be a compromise. And I think this is a really good compromise. I also, I can display in its entirety there, not a figure plus a bunch of other stuff that's kind of got to sit next to it. Yeah. Take like Bombardier, for example. Bombardier is very cool, but then you, you got the big drone thing next to him. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not all on that figure that you're just displaying that figure. Um, you got this, uh, and those things are cool, but also from a display perspective, I, I do prefer it if you can get them all within that stand, so to speak. Yeah, I think he's really cool. And like I said, and, and now, you, now you've said like you know swapping the head, oh, I, I, Hundred ten percent, got to do that. <laughs> Mike, what about what's ambush to you? He's he's cool looking. There again, it, it's uh, he's a character. We're we're into a lot of the guys that um, I I had uh, traded in for for puberty. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was a high price. Yeah. So so I mean, I, yeah, I don't have. <laughs> Is that why I haven't hit puberty yet? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Still got Anyways, five more to go, eh, Mike? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> well, going there. <laughs> Do you not feel like, um, you, you know, as as you've kind of gotten older and then got back into it, do none of these characters? Do, do you feel like nostalgia is 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 the main reason you're into this, or or do you not go? Because I mean, for me, there was there was a whole era that I missed out on, and it was mainly the kind of um, really late '90s, early 2000s kind of era, the James Cavanaugh Jr. era, as I like to call it. And uh, but but I've gone back with with like an appreciation, and yeah. obviously recollected, gone back and bought a lot of that stuff, taken it in as if I would you know uh, <laughs> the excitement of a child, and then you know learnt about it and appreciated it that way. And then when I see these things in the FSS, I'm I'm not kind of like looking at it like well I didn't have a connection as a child but I do have a connection as an adult so do you not have that kind of same kind of vibe or is there an era that you've just missed out on and not really touched on afterwards no I I mean I'm with you it's just different it's it's like ambush for example did would did make it to animation he was he was all over the deke series he was all over the deke yeah he, he, <laughs> he ambush he loves him some deke <laughs> Dick. 
I didn't get to see those until I was an adult. So it's like I, I kind of enjoy them for the cheesy log that they are. <laughs> but 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 it it's it's almost a, an ironic enjoyment if you think of it that way. But I, I mean I do. It's just it, it, I I don't think I'm ever going to be as excited about a character like an ambush as I would be for. A, a flint or a beachhead or a or a you know a, a stalker or, sure. or you know characters that that I did grow up with. I don't I don't think I'm ever going to be able to to plug in feel exactly the same. I dig ambush. Yeah. Uh, for for guys that that came out in that eighty nine ninety run, uh, he was about as good as they came. Yeah. I remember my my younger brother was kind of collecting Joes, and I remember seeing him in all the pamphlets and the materials and stuff, and thinking, yeah, that guy's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, and and he didn't come off as just being a redo of somebody else. Yeah, there was a definite originality to him, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I mean, I I dug him. It's just I I didn't have uh, quite as much of an attachment to him as I might some some of these uh, other characters. And I don't want to say that it's I'm only in this for nostalgia, but but sometimes um, it's almost like it. I I have to admit I do give those characters a little bit more of a pass. Yeah, but at the same time I. I while I like that these characters, the, these newer ones, are being done for the first time, uh, I think I'm just at a point in in on the whole with GI Joe where I'm ready for something new to be done. Sure, you know it's it's not uh, it's not that it's it's not that it's a, a newer character being redone like he was in the 80s and 90s. It's just that I'm kind of over everybody being redone as they were in the 80s and 90s. Just picking up on the point that you said there, Chris, about appreciation if you don't have the nostalgia, that is definitely what something I have with this guy. I was out of it by this point uh, as a kid, so I didn't even know this guy existed until I started like going back and collecting them. That's because he was camouflaged. Oh! Yeah. He was yeah. there. He was ready to ambush you. Yeah. He was in the backyard. He's not <laughs> just the jungle. He is the jungle. But um, this this and, was and, one of the... And Dave the, was the, in his the, early 20s as well. This was something that... Um, Revisiting it as as an adult collector, like and, and looking at the merits of this as a, as a toy in the play value, it was this and Bullhorn that I just thought was like, oh my God, this is amazing! I just would have loved all this as a kid, and then lost it all within seconds, probably in the back yeah. garden or, or something like that. But like a- Ambush and Bullhorn in particular, I just thought were for just as a person adult like looking at these toys coming back into it, I just thought were were, were fantastic. Um, but knew nothing about it as a kid. So I don't have that nostalgic thing. But like what you're saying there, it hits the nail on the head. This is one of those ones that when you look back, it's like that was actually a very, very cool toy to make. Yeah. I'm 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 in the camp definitely where easy. Where <laughs> um, camp, yes. <laughs> I'm massively camp in the camp where um boys touch each other no i am you. definitely in the camp your turn mike of <laughs> i was leaving it open for everyone um i'm definitely <laughs> in the camp of the person that likes pretty much anything that's that's redone like it, you know like in in a modern kind of setting i don't even if i don't know anything about the characters which is sometimes the case when we're like i said when we're talking about late 90s really really early 2000s then I, I do struggle like I, if the, the, the character comes up I'm like I'm gonna have to look up that person but if it's the kind of regular run up until like you know 94 and then from like modern era onwards it's usually fine you know I'm, I'm quite comfortable with my knowledge on that but when it comes to that little era 
I've gone through those books from James Cavanagh Jr. many, many times. And I find things in there that I'm just like really interested by, like I'm really drawn to. So I, I do look up, look forward to some of those characters coming out in, in FSSs and convention sets and stuff, even without that nostalgic pull towards it. Eddie. Yes. Ambush. Was he somebody that you had growing up or were you aware of him? It's kind of uh, the situ- same situation as Mike, really, in that I was getting to the age where I was more interested in boys, where these hairs were coming from, boys, <laughs> playing rugby and that kind of thing. So I was not really in the hobby. I think the last thing I, I ever looked at was the Tiger Force stuff. Right. But the the thing towards the 89 and 90, just I didn't have. And then when I started collecting again, it's one of those figures that you look at and you think, yeah, that's pretty cool. But then there's nothing there. There's no, there's no connection to it. There's no arousal. There's nothing to smash out the ballpark because... <laughs> It, it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. So yeah. you don't go off running into the loo uh, with your little catalogue, um, <laughs> like I did, like Chris does. Smash one it out your bush out. Yeah, yeah. Schwammed one in. Yes, he did right right before we got on the on the computer today. I did. I nutted one out before we recorded. It must be difficult being covered in your own semen at all times. It's good. It feels good on the whole. <laughs> what? Um, okay, so that's that's Gambush. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Carklon. I mean Darklon. So let's talk Darklon. This was an odd choice, I think, in the FSS. They they kind of put him in there, and when they were when they actually revealed him at Jokon, I was like, eh, because you know we'd already had one in the two pack Shakur from like only a few years previous. I say a few, it was about five. But still, like it was a it was a, it was an odd choice when you'd already got a modern era Dark Clon that I don't think anybody really did thought needed an upgrade. I think it was it was a fairly decent solid figure. Now this version has it definitely harks back close resemblance to the original eighties, to the original version. But there is a few a few things have come up that I've noticed in in a lot of people's discussions about him. One are the stripper boots that he wears, <laughs> which I think are quite sexy and probably will help aid in my uh, ejaculatory toilet adventures in the next few uh, FSS reveals. No, but I, I like. And the other thing was some of the parts usage being a little bit kind of was it 25th anniversary style mike uh are, are we talking that, that they've kind of gone back haven't they to that well uh especially when there's like a lot better parts now to choose from let's start with mike on this one what do you think of the dark clone inclusion eh, i'll be honest it, it's really out of all 12 that we've seen it's the miss you know i i was lucky enough to to be able to to grab him at the con a few years ago uh so i wasn't clamoring for a new one certainly my my dark lawn itch had been scratched and then i, I yeah, I mean he's 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 one of those characters that I mean I even kind of understand where they were going with him originally. He's Destro's, and and I uh, I don't mean to insult you guys, but he's Destro's Euro trash cousin. Whoa, which cousin? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know that he was, guy. He, that was a friend's he, joke, by the way. He 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 was on Euro trash. If he was, I'd have definitely nutted one off to him. Was it Lolo Ferrari? <laughs> And Anton. 
Oh my god, uh, that was the you, worst. You're gonna have to put some ref- references in now. That was the worst show. Anybody else in the media watching probably doesn't have. I tell you what, Dave, that show was the epitome of roulette, wasn't it? <laughs> like you'd be tugging one off initially to some sort of hot porn star, and then some chick would turn up. No, I'm kidding. And then some uh, <laughs> some like hideous like S and M between seven men's going on all of a sudden. You're just like, whoa! And then you'd ejaculate at that point exactly. And and then you'd be questioning your entire life and and never looking back. Is this well, right? straight in a, in a strange twist, Chris. Um, oh, I did that as well, I Eddie. That, Chris was going to admit to this. Whenever I whenever I watched that show, I never really knocked one out whilst watching it because it was generally about eleven o'clock at night. And my parents were still awake, <laughs> so I'm not sure what you were doing. Did you uh, did you um, did you always wait for them to? Like go to sleep and then hopefully like leave it a few hours just to make sure they were definitely under and then try no, flooding no. one off. But, no, because uh, my my dad had uh, some pornos, um, and they were on a, a video cassette. No, 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 no sh- shut up, Dave. Shut up, please. <laughs> they were on. A, they were on a Police Academy three video cassette. Brilliant. Dad had yeah, and he honestly thought that we didn't know. That is brilliant. Wait, he he'd go off to work, and then you'd watch. Them. I tell you what, though, yeah. that's Police dangerous. Police Academy Three. I, I would be. Yeah. I would have watched Police Academy Three given the opportunity immediately. Yeah, well, you were, you were about five then, but I was. Damn, I son. So it was. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, interesting. And there was one particular uh, about some librarian, and I've never forgot it. It was great. I still, I still smash one out every now and again over that. Amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, so weirdly enough, that was Darklon we just talked about. Oh, yeah, that, um, that too. Let's move on. Dave. <laughs> we'll start with Dave on the next one. Let's talk General Slag. I mean, Flag. The son of the original General Flag and 90s release. Um, what do you think of this one? So this is someone who I have no idea who he is. Well, Chris just uh, told you, Dave. Well, yeah, no, thank you for that. Uh, I'm here to inform. I, uh, I have, I have no no connection or anything like that. But I really like it. I love it. I think it's really cool. I don't know why. Is it that he looks more like a sort of a World War Two bomber pilot? Is he kind of like a Marlon Brando Rebel Without a Cause kind of like look to him because he's got like that like leather jacket and hat? Yeah. I don't know what, but I, I, I think he's really cool. Maybe you actually subliminally hit a uh, nail on the head there, Chris. Not so much Gestapo, but you know, it's like Black Major, yeah, uh, sort of territory. Maybe they're thinking of a repaint down the line. Huh? Yeah, wouldn't they? Mm. Mm. Yeah, wouldn't do you it. Say? Mm. Would you? Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> Doubtful. Mm. Doubtful. Shut up. Yep, true. Nobody knows about that stuff. Nobody cares. Shut up, primary. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut up, the main <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, I know I, I like it. I like it. I think it's cool. This is one. Of, this has been one of my favourites. I I, mem- I went through a little phase um, just at the tip of high school. <laughs> we know. Just the tip. Um, that's the, that was in college, Eddie. That phase. Um, is that what they're calling it now? Yep. Uh, in this particular phase, it was that a few of the figures had crept into this little Starlings shop that I used to get, um, you know, toys from back in the day. 
and I popped in there one day, and they had Destro, the one with the, like the disc shooter, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And it was the first Destro I'd had with a like that actually resembled the kind of show Destro. Like his massive collar was actually massive and bulbous, unlike the kind of original, which was really flat and depressing. But um, they also had the Duke who sits on his rocket launcher, which I thought was fucking awesome as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I know that was great with the little seat on it. I just I love that. Doctor Strange love version never worked. You know, I couldn't get him to sit on it comfortably. Kitty said. General Flag was another one. Grunt version two, and uh, I loved him to death. Like that was I loved that figure. And I can't remember who the other one was. Maybe I think Topside. But anyway, yeah. So all of these kind of figures had, like just appeared out of nowhere in the shop, and I just I yoinked all of them. And the general flag, like I loved that figure as well. I thought it was awesome, and I loved like the detailing on the jacket and the fact that you had like the kind of the wool coming out, like the sheep's wool coming out of the collar, round the cuffs and round the the kind of belt area. And I just, I I kind of figured. They could have added some colour on the inside of the jacket. Just a little homage to that. But it didn't happen. And I, st- I still think the figure looks cool. The FSS one. Mike, did you have any general flag kind of connection? As a character, I'm, I'm not really on board with the son of the general being a general kind of deal. I, I... Yeah, but he just got it because he's the son. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like when they first said they were doing general flag, I was really hoping for... Green suit. Early run. 82 flag yeah uh and then it, it came out that oh they're redoing the 90s guy so it's like Meh. but uh, i will say that they did a good job with him i i think it's a great figure it's not a it's not a character i've i've got uh, a whole lot of love for but uh it is they did do a great job with the representation can someone fill me in we the um top secret files briefcase who did that come with previously secret <laughs> g14 classified i'll have to find out who that was <laughs> But I'm I'm interested to know what the top secret files are if they've gone that detailed with it. Well, they're top secret. I, I want to see in there. there there's secret. probably some uh, Iranian nuclear documents about what they're planning on doing. <laughs> something like that. Chris. Is it an email that you can hold out the other way and get caught by the paparazzi kind of style? Yes. Because that would be amazing. Okay. Yes, right. it is. So that's General Slag. Let's have a look at Cobra Viper. This is the Battle Corps version. And there was a little bit of a hoo-ha in that they didn't just go ahead and repaint the Air Devil that they'd done very, very recently in the um, the convention set. Now they've used a slightly different body again. It, it does give a little bit of difference to the uh, to that Air Devil. But what do you guys think about this? Brightly coloured, bit crazy, uh, Eddie. You a fan of this one? It's, it's something that I have no connection to uh, whatsoever. But it looks it looks alright. It's quite funky. Are you a fan it? of the bright colour stuff? Um, not really. No. You like Tiger Force though, right? I do like Tiger Force because it's kind of a bit and giraffe out force. there. I'm, I'm giraffe force. Yeah, that giraffe force is great. <laughs> <laughs> giraffe force is neat. That's like Leatherneck and yeah. Who else is in that? There's another guy, isn't there? <laughs> Some of the corpse figures. Dave Dave tried to sell me that and has tried for about a decade. Based uh, on the giraffe force. Based on so, the giraffe yeah, force, yeah. yes. Always. Dave sold me it about four times, I think. I think I have that figure about four times. Still got at least another four to go. <laughs> He's army building him. Just put different heads on it. That'd be sweet. Giraffe pant force. 
Mike, what about what about you for the brightly coloured Cobra Viper? I think he's pretty good for what he's supposed to be. Yeah. I, I don't understand the criticism for it. I think that what they've got for this figure is exactly what they claimed it would be. It's Battle Core Viper. It's bright. It's it's garish. It's it's a little ugly. It's it's a figure that really only Justin Bell can truly love. He doesn't like it. There's a f***ing mind blower. Oh, is that a public opinion you need to share? Yeah. Mm. He hates it no, i'm kidding well, um, no he was he, he's already criticized it in his uh, review in that he thinks it should have just had the air air devil uh not air devil was it air devil i keep saying uh, air devil but it's not air devil it's um you said air devil by eight times now. i know uh, what the f*** is it called is it air devil or no is it not <laughs> Devil Dirt Devil. She's a devil. What the f is it called? It was in the uh She Devil. Devil May Cry. Oh, this is gonna kill me. <laughs> is that um, Devil United? I'll just have a look while you guys masturbate. I know you're doing it. I can smell it. Yeah. Uh, I can smell it, Eddie. Can... Sorry, sorry. That's powerful. I did, I did a little fart as well. The nostrils. Iron Anvil is the fing name of the That's pungent. Iron f Sorry. Anvil. So ignore so, my air apple, devil bullshit. Sauce, Mike. I apologise profusely. It's it, I'm I'm not quite with it, and I said air well, devil. It, I meant well, iron anvil. Devil, devil iron. Devil iron. Let's move on. <laughs> I think I think we're all in uh, agreement that it's nah, it's okay. But it's the raptor. Now this is a f-ing belter, I think, and mental. Um, Mike, I've, we, we've, talk, we've talked about Raptor in the past a, a few times, and I want to hear you talk about it on here as well again, um, because it always <laughs> makes me laugh how you view this guy. Raptor is is a guy who, and I said this on our show when we recorded that. And, the main show. Yeah, the main show. And we should all hear that. Uh, I'm anticipating March 2019. <laughs> Looking forward to um, it. I'll put it on my calendar. Yeah. I'll set a reminder. But Raptor it's almost, was... It's, it's almost become like the Olympics, hasn't it? <laughs> kind of. Um, we're not quite there yet. Uh, we still try to get no, two... because it's once every six years as opposed to <laughs> yeah. four. We try to get two out every Olympiad, uh, if you count, you know, but uh, if you count special editions. But... Um, <laughs> well, it's more not the Olympics. Maybe that was wrong. More like the Paralympics. <laughs> Is that Olympics for the Olympics for parachutists? You wish. Anyways, um, what, so what I said was that uh, Raptor was the guy who made me realize that uh, the GI Joe comics I was reading were really good when I was a kid. Uh, in that Raptor was was a guy who was incredibly pointless, but I really enjoyed him anyway, simply because he was Cobra's guy who was a really good accountant, and and that's why they kept him around, and uh, they just kind of accepted that he dressed up like a bird. He was that good of an accountant that they were just okay with the bird thing. And um, I understand the birds had a point, and it was just that was, that wasn't what they were buying on him, though. They they liked that they liked his work with accounting. The bird stuff was purely purely on his own. And they just ignored that part, don't they? Really, they didn't ignore it so much as as it just got played like it was the hobby for a crazy dude. Yeah. And so, but but when Raptor appeared, it was it was around the time with the the, the Fred saga and the the duplicate imposter Cobra Commander. Yeah, and the frigate. Yeah, he he was well. That that was where Raptor met his end was in the in the freighter. You know, he he was odd. He was an oddly compelling part of that story, if if uh, if nothing else. And and so I, I kind of enjoyed the fact that he was there. Uh, that said, with the this FSS figure, 
I, I kind of don't like the fact that they made him functional. Yeah, because I was saying that I really like the fact that he can now be in like the like with the Air Devils. I can say Air Devils now with the Air Devils or the uh, other <laughs> and <laughs> the Scorpion do you know Scorpio Voador and Black Vulture. I'm gonna I like that, but you don't, do you? It, no, and it, it's kind of it's kind of a neat figure. Don't get me wrong, but this is the time where I think just put a cape with some feather deco on it. And it'll do about the same thing for me because Raptor to me is always just going to be a really strangely dressed accountant, and and trying to make him into an actual paramilitary bird goon is is kind of takes away from kind of makes him like everybody else as opposed to what made him distinctive the first the, the first time. Yeah, Dave, what about you on the old Raptor? Um, this is one of my <laughs> last figures that I got as a, as a kid, and. I don't know why, but it it was the picture that sold it to me on the card art uh, rather than the figure itself. And when I got the figure, it was kind of cool, but it, I just didn't know what to do with it because I wasn't sure if you know if you could fly. I wasn't sure whether it fit or not. Yeah, or or run to the toilet and you know do do that again. But um... <laughs> when you wrapped around your willy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, no hands, no hands. <laughs> I wanted to perch the Falcon on that. <laughs> the Millennium Falcon, though, that was. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I I like the build for this. I think it's kind of interesting choice that I wouldn't have ever have chosen. And I'm glad it's not that kind of springy out uh cloth yeah. glider thing. Because that's what I was expecting. I was, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad it's a little bit more complex than what would have been possibly... Um, an easy default choice. That said, though, it's a figure choice that I, I don't think would ever see like a commercial release. So it fits in with the, the spirit of the figure subscription. Yeah. But I'm not. You're not going to see it in a two pack 50th anniversary Hasbro release, are you? No, no. He come, then, he's gonna he's gonna come with the pogo. <laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be amazing. I've done that once or twice. The battle barge. <laughs> but I, it's it's kind of weird. I think I'd be more excited if he had been in like that uh, Air Commandos set, yeah, such and and, and like tied tied in a, a character like that in a, in a convention set than I would have been in a figure subscription. If that makes sense, yeah. I, I I don't I can't get excited enough about him when he's part of a choice of twelve other guys instead of fifteen guys in a convention <laughs> set. But, exclusive, but I think yeah. I, but I think I would have been more like hyped for him had he been part of a convention set. You know what I mean? Well if they're gonna make him practical, then yeah that I I definitely see what you're saying there. Totally. He is in next year's uh, accountant force set. Oh god, with Jinx. Uh, uh, and it's gonna be fifteen Tiger Force Jinx like, the same art of suits, isn't it? Mainframe, yes. a bunch of telly vipers. It, it's gonna be the, 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 the same old suit with like a balaclava head <laughs> and, big times. and and uh, Hawk's like opening laptop briefcase thing 40 times yeah <laughs> and, they'll, and just, they'll just do that like they did the jetpacks this year they'll just have uh, <laughs> laptops for everybody Cobra ones and G.I. Joe ones little, little Cobra laptops and, and jetpacks because they'll still have some jetpacks to give away <laughs> Yeah, it'll be Cobra, but it'll have like two lines through it, like a dollar sign. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cobra Accountant Force pack. Perfect. Well, Eddie, 
What do you think, pal, of gaucho? It's basically a modernised gaucho, isn't it? That's it. Do you like him? Kind of, but I think I think the modern takes has been done to death now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing something else, if I'm honest. Well, you mean Get like five point of articulation style read? No, no, like like a different a different figure, a different you know something else, something else from the action force line. You know, like a like a different type of red laser or something but i think they they've kind of done gaucho too much now if that's a fair comment what about dave do, what do you think of gaucho <laughs> love it give me more uh this, this is a nice precursor for the action force dedicated figure subscription service did you just turn euro trash on by the way yeah i did okay. you did <laughs> Did. did you get it over there, Mike? Do you know what we're talking about? They didn't get Euro Trash. Uh, that was no. I, I I'm, I'm going to have to find you some links. Yeah, we didn't get it over here. I. It doesn't I, smell, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> axe for Mike. Axe. <laughs> yeah, it's axe over here. It's not links. <laughs> so, Chris, I mean, how how are you adjusting to that, Chris? I know that affects you more than. Well, frankly, that affects more than anyone else on the planet Earth. Well, I love smelling like a 14-year-old boy, so... It, it does tend to attract the packs. Well, when you smell like that, Chris, do, does it affect your customers? No, it improves that. <laughs> it builds it. I'm growing my uh, customer base. Yeah, Chris yeah. Why, why do I... On his marathon runs, you'll notice that... The exact same shape has been burnt into the ozone layer. <laughs> 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 That's genius. It's That's just like genius. these weird shapes. NASA can't work I'm out. I'm the only person that still uses CFC gas sprays as well. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the good the good thing is he's he's in Las Vegas where it's already 140 degrees. Yeah, he just gets lost in the heat and the Everybody's sweat. Thinking, Why is it getting? Potter, I don't understand. <laughs> you, you may, if you were to look at pinpoint his location, you'll just find he's running around a car park, picking up his customers and things. It's a school car park. That, that's just made. I that actually like to think Chris is on much those worse. scooters, just like like whizzing around Las Vegas. I mean, um, LA. I mean, um, and he's just like sort of hurtling along and not really running at all. I'm not. I haven't run for f-ing ages actually. But anyway, what about the? What about the the homage of the Mexican bird from the Mexican flag on his chest? I'm liking that. That is that is a cool. If you could go progressive on these things, but still not do like the five point articulation, because I I get what Eddie's like, where he's coming from in the sense of it's just another repaint of a of a real American hero product, and it's kind of like this is great, but come on, we can do so much more than just doing the the jointed figure like repaints if you could progress these in any way that is the best possible thing you could have done here because that was kind of like did you think it was the original u.s marine corps one again because i I did when they first came up i was like oh they've done it they've put that on there uh i i'll I'll be honest i didn't necessarily notice it straight away it's actually just something i just assumed would happen (laughs) yeah but it, it I, I, it's fantastic that uh, it was like taking that opportunity and, and make it relevant. It's something that we, you know, as, as kids, we we would never have like uh, associated or, or known outside of the US. You know, being over here in the UK, not knowing what that that tattoo is. Yeah. But, uh, by by having it updated to that, just don't put the damn. My my, my biggest gripe on 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 these is is 
just seen the Union Jack somewhere on like these figures when Brexit. it should be more the country of origin. So in this sense, he should have like a Mexican flag on there somewhere. Yeah. And like, you know, with like Quarrel and Jammer, any, anybody, actual force being an international force, not a British thing, they, they should have like kind of like their, their country of origin, if, if, if that's going to be included on their, yeah. um, their deco rather than the Union Jack. Mike, do you have um, any thoughts on Gaucho? So I, I need some clarification here. As I understand it now, there were G.I. Joes in the 80s in Great Britain, but they were not called G.I. Joe. <laughs> Correct. It's like some kind of bootleg thing. Knockoff, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah, knockoffs. Uh, I, I, you're blowing my mind here. But uh... No, actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy with it. I mean, it's it's new to me. In a sense, I, I've known that this stuff was out there for a long time, and and I'm pretty excited to just be able to add it to to the line that I I collect these days. So yeah. um, I see where Eddie's coming from. I I kind of wish that uh, they would expand on that a, a little bit more than they have. Yeah. But for just planting the seats for that and getting started, it's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Plus, it's on a pretty solid base figure. Uh, as well so that's yeah know. yeah any, any another any excuse to get that gung-ho figure out again is is a well-accepted one okay so let's have a quick chat about salvo so obviously uh, he came out initially is such a thing possible yeah true he came out initially it was absolutely shot down in flames by the the fandom a lot of people were upset including i was a bit off. Faster than an orange paint job on a night creeper leaf. <laughs> it seemed like the backlash of uh, fandom hatred seemed to have some sort of effect because just a few days later, the club settled everyone down by saying, don't worry, we're working on a new build. And then right at the end of the last week that they were doing the reveals, we got a salvo reveal with a new build looking much better now initially he was very skinny and it just didn't seem to it was a bit of a meh kind of figure because most of his appeal is that he's a big hulking kind of dude so without that he kind of loses quite a lot of of personality and when they redid it i mean he looks awesome now he looks much better what did you guys think of the fandom reaction did you think it was warranted i think the trouble you got with this one in particular is a couple of years ago you had kevin watts produce a, a small run of a custom figure that was salvo for the new jersey comic-con yeah and everybody loved it you know it, it, it was a, at that point in time it was a great imagine of that character and and well put together but when something like this comes along and, be, and because that, that that custom was covered quite thoroughly on uh, social media and forums and websites and things like that. You know, people were aware of it even if they didn't have have it. But when another version comes along that's like a release version, I think there's going to be inevitable comparisons drawn to it um, based on the, the the body part choices that you know that are out there versus the the, the choices that are here. I don't think necessarily. I, I when when fan reaction kicks off, most of the time it is just kind of like, oh, crying out loud. You know, this is not a rape of your childhood you know this is not like the worst thing in the world and 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 some people just do take these things a bit too far i will say on on this one as they did with 
hit and run, it is really good that the club do take things on board and they, if, if they've got the opportunity to change it, you know, the, the, the ability to change it, then they, they clearly will. Um, so in this sense, you know, I, I think that is good and it, it kind of shows that, yeah, they, they do take these things on board. So I, I, I personally, and in, indifferent to it, I couldn't really care less. It's, it's, it was never going to be one that I was going to keep anyway. But I do think it, you know, from, from a visual aspect, I do think it looks a lot, lot better for, for those changes. But I personally can't stand fan raging itself. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, I'm the same way usually. Um, I think in this case, it was so, I think a lot of people, it was so in the same kind of, you know, boat, like, what is this? Like, we're paying a lot of money for this. That you know you've got you've got the tools. Why is it not being done properly? Usually, I hate f-ing fan raging. I find it pointless, moronic. But I think in this case, everyone was very contained and calm with how they approached things. I said, no, I say everyone. That wasn't the case. I saw some comments on the forum that were just like, do you honestly think someone's going to listen to that? You know, do you honestly think someone's going to just sit there and while well, you tirade them with a really badly written post with no punctuation, yeah. no f-ing grammar, and just badly written swear words? That's out there for everything that comes out, though. So it, you, you learn to filter that out. Yeah, I think that there was a there was a a pretty rational reaction by a large segment and by big names as well. Yeah, totally. That uh, that 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 kind of steered them towards maybe finding some alternatives. And, and I think we should again kind of give ourselves a little pat on the head for for handling it, handling our children's toys like adults, <laughs> and, and asking for a change to be made. And uh, and kudos to the club for for listening to that and providing an alternative i was getting a little bit off with a lot of people saying well this is going to change my i'm not getting the fss now because of this one figure and i thought hell you're telling me that every other fss you've bought into you've you've you know you thought everything was a win like i I just sometimes i just kind of i lose it with people with with that but yeah i mean overall that the set looks pretty solid that's what you get reading the comments chris that's what you get it's kind of like car crash tv like I like kind of watching and reading that stuff sometimes just for the sake of it. So obviously with the rest of the set to go, we've still got to look at Scoop. Another, I think, another win for me. Again, um, everyone pretty much called that they were going to use the airborne head for Scoop and it kind of makes sense. Yeah, he's pretty fantastic. I'll tell you what I am f***ed off with is the fact that we're going backwards rather than forwards. When, like the last, you know, for the last few lines, it's been a case of, Right, we if they had a helmet when they were in the original run, it's going to be removable now. If they had, you know, like a balaclava on, we're going to have a, a, a one where we'll switch heads, that kind of thing, right? Now it's just a case of I feel like we're going backwards, and they're just they're sculpting, they're using these these opportunities to get new head sculpts. They're just doing a head with a helmet attached to it, and it kind of narks me off a little bit. I would rather they used, you know, like a helmet from somewhere else and and crafted new new sculpt heads, so that we could actually get the removable helmet scenario um, with all of these kind of guys. I yes, I can see from one perspective that it's a cost-effective thing, but you've got to balance that out with progressing forward as well. Like you've got to balance out where you're saving the money with are we taking too many steps back here? 
because I think when you're sculpting heads with fixed helmets on them, you're taking a step backwards. What do you what do you think about that, Mike? You're touching on something that has annoyed me since I was seven years old. Yeah. You go back to to the old guys, and I got really annoyed that you know Flash and Grand Slam and and Grunt and and all those guys had helmets that came off, and then Tripwire comes out, and his helmet's stuck on his head, fused. Yes. So it, I get it. I understand. I'm I'm just saying that I'm with you on that one. Basically, um, if if it were up to me, you know, let's let's find a head. Let's find a, a, a that that works because frankly, guys like Scoop, whatever, use reuse somebody's head and you'll be fine. But let's find a helmet that that kind of works and and go that route instead. That that would that would make so much more sense to me. But uh, maybe you never know. Maybe maybe Troy McKee gets more on uh, on residuals with this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we want Troy to get more out of it, but um. Oh yeah, that, so that no, that that does no, bother me. Obviously, with some characters like Darklon, who we've never seen their face before, I can understand a helmet head. Yeah, yeah. I, who cares? But it's Darklon. It's he. He's nothing without the helmet. So why would you bother taking it off of him? Exactly. But with the with the Joes particularly, um, you know, the, those are the good guys. You're supposed to be able to to humanize them a little bit more. Uh, and so I I always preferred it when when the Joes had, had helmets that were removable. Uh, we've said helmet a lot, so Eddie... Helmet. <laughs> yes. Was uh, Scoop um, anything to you, or was he another one that kind of slipped by you? He's uh, he's one that slipped by me. Not slipped in me, like yourself, Chris, but slipped, slipped by me. They've all... None of them I have want, slipped I in. wondered where you were fallen, going with that one. Fallen it in. Could, it, yes, yes. And hit every side. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I tip my cap to you, Mr. Inman. I was on I was unsure of where you were gonna how you're gonna turn that into to something for Chris's sex toy dungeon. My bunghole. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's many things that get get thrown inside Chris. We could call um, it my bumgeon. It's like a bum dungeon. Bum-gen, yes. Yeah. 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 Bumgeon. Yes. Mm. Which sounds, sounds like an Indian meal. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like it too. <laughs> well. Well, so about sneak peek. Okay, let's move on to sneak peek. Yes. <laughs> Another repaint, but uh, they've changed his web gear. I, I personally, I think he looks pretty solid. I thought the Tiger Force version, from what I've seen, looks freaking incredible. So the Tiger Force sneak peek was really solid, and I thought, as a, you know, if they were just going to repaint that, I would be fine with that. They've changed the web gear, and I'm not sure exactly why. You know, I'm not sure if it makes much of a difference, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think, Mike? Do you think this was a necessary move? No, but I don't. I don't under. You know, I don't necessarily see it as a a game breaker either. I I I kind of like the. I like this look a little bit better because it, it's a little bit more military, I guess. I, I, the 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 one thing I used to complain about with Sneak Peek was when I was younger was that he he looked a little puffy. Yeah. I, I don't know why he you know he had the the big padding and stuff and it it just didn't come off as as well. So I kind of like the vest better than that stuff. Yeah, he definitely looks meaner. Yeah, I dig Sneak Peek. He was one of the last guys I got when I was a kid. This was a, a source of great consternation uh with with Rob who for some reason just did not like him then. And I think he's kind of come around on him now. I think it's just that he, he Rob's older than I am, so he hit that age when when things weren't cool faster than I did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so so sneak peek is is a guy who who not only looks good but also hits a little bit of the nostalgia button for me. I do have the Tiger Force sneak peek and Gleam. 
and and he's awesome and and so i'm pretty excited to to be able to to add this guy have him next to him and and uh join the collection so to speak so yeah i'm, I'm on board with sneak Peek. big win I ended up like really liking the character and the figure from the Cobra Island Civil War arc because he was used a little bit on there and I remember him like using his periscope to see like basically to kind of view the battlefield and see what was going on and he was relaying information to I think Falcon I think it was that team of like infiltrators I thought which I thought was really neat idea having that little you know like tunnel rat yeah but that you know it's just a neat little idea and I, I liked that about the the Civil War arc yeah, Sneak Peek had the Tiger Force version and I must admit I was I was a little bit confused with the the design. Those really high boots, <laughs> kind of shiny high boots, um and then like yeah, like the he looked a bit fat. He looked fat basically. And then this version just looks awesome. They've kind of they've dealt with a lot of those kind of dated ideas I think and it it looks pretty solid. What about Steel Raven for the late one for the ladies? Now this was a character from <laughs> <laughs> from Extreme. Now I have de- I can definitely tell you guys this. I had not even touched the cartoon until this year. I think earlier this year, and I had no real not not connection, but I had no real clue about a lot of it. I'd only seen the toys that had come out. And I'd got most of that stuff had been from getting it at conventions when I was doing stuff with Nick at MCM and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was my only real experience with Extreme. But since I've been kind of watching all these episodes, that you know, it's it's dated. But I, I I'm really digging it. And I thought Steel Raven. I thought they were going to go way more into like the character that we appeared in the series two of of Extreme. But that kind of isn't really the case. I mean, she resembles that version more than the the, the the appearance we saw in season one. But it's kind of it's basically female major blood now in that color scheme. What do you think about this particular version? Do you have any knowledge of Extreme? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Cut us, Mike. I, I literally don't. That's the Is are you were you in the same boat as me then, Dave? With like the kind of not really knowing anything about it. Uh, in the same boat, but you're, you're about yeah. You you are further on down the road from me. I've I've never visited it in any shape or form. The only things I've got that are related to it are the trade catalog. And that's the full force take on Steel Raven. Yes. Moving on. Shattered Glass Zamot. <laughs> no, Dave. So uh, coming back to Female Major Blood, what do you think of her as a figure? Whenever you, and, and this is not necessarily aimed at this particular figure. This is like a general thing. The moment you try and do the, the trench coat book on anybody, you are limited to what you can, you can do. Uh, and I just don't like it personally, uh, and it's I I, I kind of get what it is is there, and it, it is a tricky choice. But th- for, for me, not having any form of connection to it, this is one of the weaker figures, and I don't mean that because I don't have that connection. I said earlier that with with General Flag, I don't have that connection. He's coming out as one of my favourites. Um, this is the same thing, but at the other end of the scale. Um, and like I said before, that out of a list of 
12 figures, you're going to have one that is going to be your least favourite. And after Darklong, this is it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to say what I thought about Darklong. Um, we didn't care. But uh, Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, We've only got it, three hours, mate. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Mike, what about Still Raven for you? I echo some of what Dave said. Uh, I'm I'm not big on molded trench coats, and it's really going to limit the, the the playability or the posability of the figure. I understand it's part of the aesthetic, and it, it's there. I get it. I'm hoping that the color palette works a little bit better in hand than it does in the mock-up. Uh, black and brown is are tough to to put together. The picture that we've you know it's been distributed. Uh, that brown comes off as being a little goldish and i hope that plays down when you get it in hand you know i hope it's it's not quite as it doesn't pop quite as much to make it uh, look a little bit more like legitimate uh, or, or or clothing or you get what i'm trying to say yeah totally i think with the photoshops you can take those with a pinch of bash hat yeah can't you? I, mean, I, I have to give it i have to give it benefit of the doubt on that because 90 percent of the time figures look better in hand than they do in the photoshops yeah and that's uh, you know, I, I understand the, the effort that goes into those. I'm not I'm not dissing the photoshops. It's great that we get those just to, to see. But um, in, in almost invariably, uh, they're they're better when you actually see the product. I mean, let's face it. Some pictures online of the actual product, you could think, oh, that looks amazing. And then when you get it in hand, it, it's going to be crap too. Like you, nothing beats that actual physical contact with it to actually see what it's like. Yeah. And often that will change a lot of minds. What about Eddie? Steel Raven, is that even on your radar, or are you just thinking about movies that you could watch right now? <laughs> the the, the truth. This is the truth. I'm he, actually he is halfway on... through Police Academy Four, <laughs> which is actually Debbie Does Dallas, but amazing. No, I'm I'm actually um, I'm actually just trawling through Netflix. Um, well, yeah, it's not really on my my radar at all. To be honest, I don't kind of see the point um, in this uh, at all in any way, shape, or form. Cool. That's probably as, as good as my opinion is going to get. Sweet. It's there, but I can't see it appealing too much to many. Yeah, I mean, I, I dig her in the uh, in the club comic. It, it's cool and all, but you're really trying to preach to the choir with that one because those are the only people that are going to remember that character. I do not think there's a, a huge a huge group of folks out there that have that are clamoring for G.I. Joe Extreme to, to come back. Justin Bell. That have just been unheard of masses. I mean, yeah, but what what does Justin Bell not clamor for? <laughs> Sigma back? 6, Extreme. Cops. I'll say on that. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what about Shattered Glass? Now, this is a f***ing divisive scenario. Something that seems to be more about what the club want to do than I think anyone's asking for. They've been trying to push this shattered glass kind of scenario on us for some time, and I'm guessing this is a way for them to test the waters, which is funny, because every time they ask at Jokon, everyone kicks off and goes, no, God no, f*** no. So, what are we thinking about this? I mean, it's a freaking cool figure, I think, and the head sculpt's a four horseman head sculpt, and it looks pretty neat, but... Shattered glass, they're trying to kind of... It's its a way maybe of them able to put some shattered glass in there without upsetting too many people because you can use the figure any way you want, really. Mm. Dave, what do, you, what do you think of the shattered glass thing? Exactly, you hit the nail on the head. This is a safe way of just... Well, 
it's not so much really a safe way of product testing. You can use that figure because you've seen Tomax and Seymour in suits in various different iterations, not necessarily them being like a shattered glass version. So the, the danger here is that people will want a partner figure to go with it, whereas in, in, in this particular iteration, he was uh the, the reflection was in the mirror was uh, uh his brother so is it going to be the 13th figure or not you don't know but it's not really much of a stretch you, i think you needed to choose a different character and make it quite clearly obvious it's a different version to know if it's going to work or not because you can if, if you wanted to test it this is too safe for that that makes sense yeah totally what do you think mike about shattered glasses does anybody need it um i don't you see we're i think we're dealing with two different things i think zamot in a suit because of how those guys were presented both in the comics and on the sunbow cartoons they were in suits as often as they were in their circus getup. <laughs> yeah so I, I think the the crimson twins in suits is something that needs to happen like, I'm not averse to, to Shattered Glass, per se. I was not particularly wowed by the G.I. Joe version of it that was presented in the club comics. It, it was okay. It, it made for a, a passable adventure team story. But I'm not exactly clamoring to see that in four-inch plastic form. I mean, we'll see. I, I think that in this particular case, it's just a label that's being tossed on to the Zamot figure to get us Zamot in a suit and invariably somewhere down the line Tomax in the suit shattered glass Tomax in a suit <laughs> yeah it's it'll be a, it'll be a mirror it'll be like that like a be a little four inch tall mirror <laughs> you can hold it up next to that little stand you can just put it right next to Zamot that'd be neat done cheap for them as well yeah so once they figure out how to just reverse the head sculpt so that the hair parts go in the other way they'll they'll pop that guy out again that'll be that my my t my my money is on a incentive figure for 2017 nice that's a good call actually so in terms of the 13th what figure would you guys like to see ideally so we're not talking about what we think based on you know some some sort of kind of you know like like you, you know some sort of logic what would you like to see as a 13th figure, ideally? Eddie? If I was going to make that decision, yeah, and something I really, really would like to see, yes, would actually be a red shadow, of nice. all things. Nice. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave's poltergeist is upset. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. Turn Police Academy 3 off and focus. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, totally down for Red Shadow. That would be f***ing sweet. Yeah, I just, uh, I think it would appeal to, to, to more people. Um, I just think it would, it would add a little, some, a little spice to the proceedings. Yeah, right in the bash hat. Dave, what about you? What do you want to see as the thirteenth? Personally speaking, on, on the Red Shadow front, that that would kill me because the only way to get that figure that you'd want multiples of is if you signed up for 18 of the versions yeah. of, of the bigger subscription and you'd only find that out at the end of it so you're only going to sign up to one and then when you find you know get that figure it's like well how am i going to get like a billion more of these as as something for this i would probably quite like to see where we've seen things with like the suit uh for like uh, tomax same I, I, I mentioned earlier that it's going to be the other brother but i i kind of would like to see more sort of civilian ver well not necessarily civilian but like sort of um 
dress H- version. Hector Ramirez. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because you got like Scoop there with the camera and the microphone, um, and bringing in Hector Ramirez would be quite cool. You know, some some of these other ones, or maybe Candy Candy in the Bongo Bear <laughs> outfit. That would be Christ kind of cool. Almighty, yeah. No, that would be the best figure ever. But there's been there's a few in the Marvel run that you could kind of throw in there as um, uh, you know kind of almost some villain style people. Maybe like a a Fred series for Crimson yeah. Garden, just his regular you know office suit kind of thing would be kind of cool. Mike, what would you like to see in the thirteenth spot? Tiger Force Beachhead? That would be kind of neat. <laughs> I, I was going to make my Tiger Force Tollbooth joke, but that would be, you know, that would that would be passe at this point. <laughs> I I am, uh, I don't need to see Tiger Force Beachhead there because that would mean that uh, we're not getting the Dreadnought Rampage redo. That is the greatest con set of all time. Or well, the Billy Bobs. And hell. so I want to, I want, I, yeah. It's <laughs> on a stick. Really, I'm just saying this to annoy Gary, but he gets annoyed even when I, uh, when I joke about this sort of thing. So greatest concept of all time, Rampage of the Everglades or whatever. I don't know. It's two 30 in the morning. I don't know. Where, I don't... <laughs> uh, amazing. But uh, I, I would not, I, I don't want to see a, a red shadows there for the same reason. Dave doesn't, uh, if, if we're going to put out some red shadows, I want to be able to get a, a couple of them at least. And 13th figure would make that really, really difficult to do. So I'm all about Red Shadows in, in a concept or something where we can get three or four of them at once. Yeah. Hmm, let me think. I don't have any... I, I don't think I've got any great itch left unscratched. I have one. What's that? Blizzard. Yeah, Blizzard would be pretty outstanding. I imagine he'll probably be in one of the next FSSs. I, I hope so. There's a lot of... There's a lot of work that would have to go into making his gear. But then, at, at least, you know, if that's where the money's going, they've they, they've saved yeah. it on f-ing making helmet heads for most of the part. For the most part. Um, What's and, important is you're not bitter. I'm not bitter. They'll probably just use the and same. You can reuse it for Tiger Force as well. Yeah, but that's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, you've got like two uses out of him straight away. You can use. Let's face it. You could use. You could get a. What you wouldn't have to like go with his normal gear. You could give him what we've had with snow job or you know because that works you can put the skis on the backpack and it's it's pretty f-ing similar you know if they just painted it a different color and you know and then you get all that other cool stuff to go along with him so i, I don't know I, I think you could you could make a fairly decent blizzard uh, you know that there are there are heads out there that you've already that you know you could use already i don't know i, I think it would be he's one of those figures that needs to be done i think he ha, he's been waiting far too long we need a Mikey Rosary head to go with blizzard i'm ready for my close up sub zero but there's a lot of there's a lot of winter guys snowstorm as well i'd like to see but i think they could do a really cool battle force 2000 convention set and have snowstorm in that because he's kind of very similar in aesthetics to those guys but anyway we're getting we get we're going beyond now so I will say that I just want to see Blizzard, seeing as we saw Frostbite in one of them, <laughs> and how freaking amazing he was. Um, I'd like to see Blizzard. So, moving on from the FSS five. Next news item. Thank you, Mike. Micro Machines iOS app updates with GI Joe vehicles. Any kid who collected G.I. Joe in the 80s was probably intimately familiar with the Micro Machines as well, and apparently there's a mobile game out that mimics the feel of those classic Micro Machines video games based on the tiny car toy line. 
Well, according to a YouTube video in the app entry in the Apple Store, the latest update features seven classic G.I. Joe vehicles. The Whale, Awestriker, Mobat, Rolling Thunder, His Tank, Cobra Rage, and the Stun. The app is only available for iOS currently, but we will keep you updated if that changes. I have literally, as soon as this news came out, I downloaded the app, and I quickly found out, uh, to my freaking horror, that I have to unlock 50 cars before I can get the G.I. Joe update. <laughs> and it takes ages. Like, Fresh, I did a race. It takes too long. They come in collections of five, so... It took ages. And when I actually, like, bust, like, the, you get, like, these little kind of um, blister packs <laughs> that you can, like, purchase after races and stuff, and you pretend to slide it, slice it open with your finger, and then it turns upside down and empties the pack out, and you get spare parts that go towards releasing cars. And, f- me, this is going to take months to get the gi joe stuff so i am on a mission any spare time i have i'm literally on that app trying to win gems and coins and trying Mm. to get get more cars so just so you know it's impossible to get the gi joe up that you know update anywhere close to it unless you've unlocked 50 hossin vehicles have you guys played this yet at all? Nope. No. Brilliant. Got an Android. Can't. Cool. So basically, I'm the only one that can and talk about it. And it involves technology on my side, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still on... We're, we're really just in this to, to pay attention to your quick descent into madness. Okay. That's fine. really it. So yeah, so um, I will keep everyone updated on my progress. <laughs> Next news item. <laughs> <laughs> quick descent. IDW reveals plans for revolutionaries following Revolution. IDW Publishing has dropped some very cool news with the announcement of a new ongoing title spinning out of the Revolution event happening now. Once Revolution wraps, a brand new ongoing title, Revolutionaries, will make its debut featuring a unique combination of characters from the various Hasbro franchises working in concert with each other. Comic Book Resources dropped the scoop recently with IDW sending out an official press release shortly thereafter. So why is this exciting? Well, Revolutionaries will feature some serious connective tissue to all manage of G.I. Joe continuity, including Action Man, a new character called Mayday, as well as some other really cool news. According to John Barber, the first issue reprints for the first time the Joe Kubert, Sergeant Savage, and his Screaming Eagles G.I. Joe mini-comics. That's a set of characters I don't really have a personal connection with. Those came out while I was, let's say, between ages where I was into G.I. Joe toys. I don't know what people think of those characters, but it's really bonkers stuff. I mean, they had Little Impact comics, and they got Joe Kubert to write, draw, color, and letter them. The legendary Joe Kubert. The premise of Sergeant Savage is pretty nuts, but within that storyline is a group called Iron, the International Robotic Operations Network, who show up in an issue one of Revolutionaries. Meanwhile, in G.I. Joe Extreme, there was the Iron Claw, and in Action Force, there was Baron Ironblood. Is there a connection? He also mentions that an event in Kalistan is what kicks off the whole Revolutionaries title, and any G.I. Joe fan worth their salt knows Kalistan was the country that Iron Claw ruled while secretly also creating the insidious terrorist network called SCAR. Sounds like some very cool side elements being brought into this world. So this is actually pretty f- cool sh- to be hearing from IDW and the revolutionaries following revolution. If they're talking about Baron Ironblood already, 
I'm pretty stoked about this because they're going to be bringing in all sorts of random people, I think, into this storyline. Mayday, a new character named Mayday, is being brought in as well. So are they talking about the Mayday that we know from the, again, from like the comics and from uh, Extreme? I'm guessing so because they've already mentioned Sergeant Savage. They've already mentioned Iron Claw. Very, very cool. Shiz. What are you guys expecting from this? Are you expecting, first of all, Dave... What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think they're going to have enough impetus to go into revolutionaries, or do you think it won't happen? I want you to hear. I want to hear it again. Well, here's the thing: you've now mentioned a potential connection and appearance of Action Force with Baron Ironblood, and if ever there was more a greater kiss of death for saying that this will never happen. <laughs> Just a literally, if he's listening to this and thinking, I know one way to really, like, you know, amp Test those guys sh- up. Throw a f- spanner this in this it. bad boy. This is like, uh, you, you, you did this just to, like, hurt us even more. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, for one, would be very, very happy to see all of that stuff happen, to start, like, bringing in all of those different areas it gives gi joe slash action for well, it gives gi joe a lot more to deal with and then you're talking about maybe bringing in action force which in its you know action man as well involved in that i don't know i just think it's really neat that these properties are getting even getting mentioned i mean f- me like that's it's one thing that you know that, that larry introduced it that was mind-blowing you know to see the uh, red shadows which have again have appeared recently in the comics by the way guys so in the last um bomb strike issue she's kick up by the way in that last issue you have got loads of red shadows in there black major again so it's like they're a regular feature now it's not just that they were in that that little double kind of issue these guys are now literally intertwined with Cobra, with Cobra Commander, with all that shiz. Mike, what do you think about the use of the uh, Red Shadows in that run? And also, once you've kind of talked about that, what do you think about the, the promise of them being utilised in Revolutionaries? You know me. I am I am 100% in the camp of, of seeing uh, all that Action Force stuff get folded into the G.I. Joe world. Yeah, it's It's always been, again, from when I was a kid, I, I don't remember how I knew about that stuff. I just remember that I did. And so I thought it was kind of neat and kind of an oddity then, you know, from from the standpoint of somebody growing up uh, in the States here. So to see that uh, get get worked in and 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 utilized is is great. I'm all for it. As far as revolutionaries go, I'm, I'm taking a, a wait-and-see attitude with all of it. I, I really want it to do well. I want this to work. I have long been of the standing that uh, even if what Joe is going forward is not my favorite iteration of it, Joe needs to go forward. Yeah. You know, there, there, there needs to be some kind of progress, some kind of evolution to keep appealing to, to new fans and new audiences uh, to, to keep this hobby alive. And so uh, it's pretty exciting. I, I, I think they've come up with better groundwork than I would have given them credit for six months ago. I, I think they're they're serious about bringing in some some legitimate comic talent and some some voices that can that can bring this to fruition. I, I hope that uh, the comic buying public gives it a chance to, to see its way through. Awesome. Eddie, I know that you're not a massive comics guy, but um, does it excite you that they're 
you know we're, we're going to be seeing possibly more uh, action force baron iron blood red shadows in future media it's very interesting that they're going to do that uh and i'd actually be very interested to see how it pans out yeah and i would actually be interested in reading some of it here we go just to see what it's like really would you pick up like a trade paperback after it's kind of run its course maybe to uh do that i probably would in, in invariably because I, I think it's um because the line really disappeared you know 32 years ago yeah i'd be interested to see what take is taken with it now yeah because what what i remember is very 80s yeah so what would it be like you know as a as a man miles away from 40 you know what what the take on that would be now <laughs> <laughs> miles yeah. away. Miles. It is miles away. Yes. <laughs> miles. Uh that's that's awesome. I mean, I'm super excited to see what happens here. I can't wait to get stuck into revolution first and foremost. That that has to happen first, obviously. We have to kind of see how that pans out, if it's successful. And I mean, I, I would imagine the numbers are gonna be probably spiked initially because of the hype that's been built up around built up around it. Then depending on how good the actual story is, I would be interested to see what kind of viewing figures or you know, uh, what kind of figures they are after that. But obviously we've we've kind of started Revolution because the recent Transformers comic that came out and obviously Micronauts, ROM, they've all been They've all kind of started. They've kind of they're in into their um, third, fifth titles now. So it's going to be interesting to see how GI Joe, Transformers, Mask, all those things. I can't wait for Mask. I really am getting erect for Mask. But that is by the by, and we'll move. Good night, everybody. While I'm talking about erections, let's move on to the next news item, which is actually a very, very sad news item. The voice of Bazooka, John Hostetter, passes away at 69. Sad news is the voice actor who played Bazooka on the Action Force G.I. Joe Sunbow cartoon has passed away at the young age of 69. He died amongst family in New Smyrna Beach, Florida after a long battle with cancer. Very sad news and we send our condolences to John's family and friends. Rest in peace, Bazooka. How frozen pizza feels. Hey, you hear me, Bazook? Barely. Well, stop playing Groundhog, buddy. We have a mission to complete. Ouch. What's the matter, good buddy? Leg hurts. When you stand or when you move? Both. Well, then you'll just have to use the Alpine Taxi Service. Come on, get on my back. That's all for the news for this episode. Make sure you visit generalsjoes.com on a daily basis to keep up with all the G.I. Joe-related news. You can also visit the Facebook page and follow on Twitter at Generals Joes. This is Justin Bell reporting for The Full Force. As always, you can keep up with the show after listening to us by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force. And if you would like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, vicious scathing criticisms or just insults. You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. Oh,
the Cool Stuff is a proud sponsor of The Full Force. Come visit our store near the New Forest in Hampshire for the latest toy collectibles, including G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, and Lego. We also stock a large inventory of vintage toys too, including Action Force, from loose figures and accessories to carded and boxed vehicles. I can see the whites of their beady little eyes. Looking to sell your toy collection? All the Cool Stuff will buy and convert your toys into cash. You can call the store within the UK on 01425 650696 or if calling from outside the UK, don't forget to add the international dialing code first of 44. You can visit us online at www.allthecoolstuff.co.uk or email if you have a specific inquiry, sales at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. In Demand Toys are an independent toy shop located in Norwich, Norfolk in the United Kingdom. Specialising in a large range of new and pre-owned toys, they cover a number of brands such as Star Wars, Marvel, Transformers, G.I. Joe and many, many more. You can order direct from their website at idtoys.co.uk or send them an email to shop at idtoys.co.uk if you want to sell your collections or just have a general inquiry. Alternatively, you can visit their shop at the Dixon Shopping Centre on the Reefham Road in Norwich. As well as being one of the best independent toy shops around, they are now a proud sponsor of The Full Force. Dead Gent Clothing are a mature streetwear brand creating bespoke and hand-finished clothing using fabrics recycled, made and designed to honour the ethics and heritage of textile cultures around the world. Proudly producing pieces with obsessive attention to fit and finish, allowing us to find ourselves honour in detail. Dead Gent Clothing are now a proud sponsor of the Full Force podcast. You can find them on Facebook as Dead Gent Clothing, on Twitter and Instagram at Dead Gent, or you can visit their website at www.deadgent.co.uk where you can purchase their amazing products. Warning. Warning. Access granted to classified data. Okay, figure review. Special Corps or Steel Brigade in the USA. In 1988, young kids in the UK were reading comic adverts and getting leaflets in their Action Force toy offering some cool products such as exclusive vehicles that weren't released in shops like the Cobra Night Landing and the Weapon Transport, episodes of the Sunbow cartoon on VHS and a cool cap with a badge that you had to attach yourself. Mom! For a small amount of money written on a cheque or postal order and action points, you can have any number of these items and either or a special corpse pack for the heady price of £4.99 and two action points. Dave, do you want to do the next paragraph? Oh, sorry, hang on. Log me out because I'm accessing on the pad. Sorry, guys. Sorry, mate. Sorry. It's the Dave Tree technical difficulties. <laughs> 20 minutes are allotted for it in every episode of The Full Force. I know, because this is usually where I'm passing out during your, your <laughs> five-hour podcast. This is usually where Thank sleep you, comes. You've got a big one coming up, though, mate, if it ever gets out. Oh, good Lord. Again, March 2019. Be ready. Do you know what? If, if I was going to say to Gary, do you want me to edit it? And it would have been done seven weeks. It would have been done two days after you recorded it. <laughs> and you'd January have, you'd 2019. You'd have had a f- episode out, but I didn't say it because I didn't want to do it. <laughs>
You can't say stuff like this because I'm looking forward to the um, the football ones that will be coming up now. I'm gonna have to. Yes. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be on those. Mike, I ended up going for a run right that day. We were doing the draft, and I ended up getting this hideous migraine, which literally knocked me out for about three hours. Like, took me out completely. When I came to, it was halfway into the draft, and I was like, <laughs> "Sake!" So I got the worst <laughs> team ever. Uh, you know, it's all bull the draft and stuff. I just love how we make an event out of it. I just, I was so gutted. It's, it, it's, it's American football. It's, it's grown men who snap one another, and so invariably there will be some devastating injury. And as it is, you look at Justin's team. Justin's quarterback and starting running back are injured for week one, and. You know, Justin cares enough that we, Gary and I actually have a bet placed that his injured players will still be in the lineup when, when week one passes. <laughs> I take it he doesn't give a shit then. Uh, he, he, Justin won the league once, so I, we know he did care at one time, but the last two seasons, like after the first couple of weeks, he doesn't long. I'm actually in two fantasy teams as well. I'm in another team, and my team is much better in that one because I was actually turned up for the f-ing draft this time uh, i'm telling you you'll you'll wind up uh you'll probably wind up doing better with this one because that's what fantasy football does i hope so because i don't want to be on that episode every f-ing week going yep yeah, lost again uh dave you ready mate yeah cool go for it <laughs> oh, <they're> f- <laughs> okay like a coiled spring <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting for silence so it's like easy for editors it's all right just go Special special corpse pack contained all kinds of super awesome, including a special corpse membership card, your own Action Force Combat Command file, which was a more elaborate file card, a personal welcome letter from Hawk himself, a giant poster featuring all of the characters that have been released to at that point, a top secret flexi disc that had a special message from Hawk, and another competition in tow, a special corpse, badge, and the most important element of all the above, your own freaking figure. Interestingly enough, the version was shown on the leaflet was not the version we would get in the UK and Europe. It was the US V1B. Or version 1B. Version 1B. V1B. V1B. So basically that one on the leaflet, you can see down the left of his leg is the... That's like the second release, I think, that the Steel Brigade had in the US. Because I'm guessing they were still fanning about with which version we were actually going to get hold of. I was so happy when I received my special core figure, and he soon became a favourite of mine for many years to come. It was a genius move on Hasbro's part to make a generic figure and allow the child to become a character themselves. Simple and effective, and one of the many reasons they had such success with the line for a number of years. On the order form, there was a questionnaire you could fill out that determined what your combat command file would look like. You would choose your code name as well as your primary and secondary military specialities and also a list of skills, abilities and so on that came in the form of multiple choice questions on the original mail-away leaflet. The figure was a version of the U.S. Steel Brigade mail-away figure and interestingly enough was a special variant that the U.S. later adopted in 1989. According to all that is Holy and Joe folklore, a.k.a. Yojo.com, we are told that the Special Core UK version was the equivalent in build and deco to that of Steel Brigade V1D circa 1989 to 1992. 
the special core figure, used the 1987 version 1 U.S. Steel Brigade head sculpt, 1983 version 1 Duke, 83 version 1 airborne legs, the 82 version 1 Cobra soldier waist, and the arms of the 82 version 1 Flash. The hodgepodge of different parts, together with an awesome tan green, blue, black and silver deco, really made the figure look original and fresh. Of course, the USA had been using the Steel Brigade mail-away since 1987, and the figure had already gone through a number of parts changes along the way. There were five different build variations and a number of different date stamp and accessory variations to the US version 1 Steel Brigade release that started in 1987 and continued to ship up until 1992. There was also a version 2 in a blue, green, gold and black deco that was released in 1992. We did not see that in the UK or Europe however. Our special core version was given a repainted version 1 Duke, Tiger Force Duke and version 1 Airborne's backpack and a rifle that varied between one of three options. A dark grey repainted M16 with a bayonet that, that the US version version 1D and version 1 1983 Airborne came with. Are you with me? A dark grey version of the rifle that previously belonged to the Crimson Guard as well as Steel Brigade version 1B. Or a dark grey version of version 1 Recoil's 1989 rifle that also came with Steel Brigade version 1E and version 2. Stop saying version. <laughs> version. Mike, we'll start with you in the US. Tell us your experience with Steel Brigade, please. I'll I'll be honest. It was Steel Brigade here popped out in 1987, towards the end of my initial run of collecting. It was something that, in terms of, of promotional material, we were inundated with it. Comic books. Uh, the ad was all over the back cover of about every comic I can remember reading. Uh, some of them had the. I think some of them had the. the, the advertisements inside and it was it was really neat it was appealing even though I, I I never wound up mailing away for the figure it was it was really neat to look at and see what they were they were plugging into that I was I, I had some incentive to and I'll be honest with you I kind of dawdled on it because I couldn't think of a cool code name <laughs> but, uh, beachhead was already taken it was already gone it was it was gone I was I I was I was shattered I was how what <laughs> What could I do to possibly live up live up to that? Did you like the build of the figure? Did you think it looked really good? Did you notice that it was made up of parts of other figures uh, at the time? Yes, but that I was always okay with that. You know, I, I obviously didn't understand the the economics of building toys at that point, but we had already seen how many repaints and redos and uh, again, I was I was there in 1982. I understand that parts get reused and sometimes they get were used pretty effectively, and you've got a pretty cool toy uh, all the same. Yeah. So that wasn't a real big issue for me, and in, in terms of seeing, you know, Duke's bandolier or those those very distinctive flash gloves. Yeah, you know, that was fine. It didn't didn't really enter into the process at all. Do you have any Steel Brigade vintage Steel Brigade figures now as a as a collector uh, later in years? You know, funny enough, I still don't. <sighs> <laughs> It's just one of those things that... You still uh, can't think of a cool code name, can you? (laughs) I still can't think of a good code name. But um, no, I just... It it, it never seems to come around when I've got money. And um, I do plan on on grabbing one at some point, but... uh, I know what to get you for Christmas now. Exactly. You should get me five of them. (laughs) All the different variants. Exactly. There's a lot of them as well. I'll tell you that much. One A and two and two B and 11 C and... (laughs) And not to be, <laughs> and all that other good stuff. So, you know, I, I did have a younger brother who was who was not as into GI Joe as I was, 
but uh, we we got to see a lot of the promotional materials and, and things and and that promotion ran for a long time. It just seemed like uh, you know one due date would pass and then maybe it would go away for about three months and then it would be back in a different pamphlet. I think that's why I've probably got more atta- not attachment but more it more love for it because we got this um, you know we had the uh, promotion in comic books. Uh, we had a really cool full page display uh, advert. Um, join the special core, get a unique figure of yourself, all that kind of jazz. But the 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 main one I remember was the next uh, image we have on on here, which we'll put on the show notes, and that's the kind of fold out action force leaflet. And yeah. it was the one where you could get the night landing and the weapons transport. They, they were the only way you could get those in this in this country that you couldn't get them elsewhere. This was like a, an exclusive way of getting hold of these vehicles. And it was kind of like a cool way for them to, you know, promote these things and and make it make it in, like the incentive was there for you to kind of go for it, you know, and try and get all of this stuff, try and get all as many action points as we could possibly get to, you know, buy it all. The VHS for the Oda Cobra and uh, Captors of Cobra was was there as well, so that was a, you know, really wanted to get hold of that. And the hat with the with the badge was freaking mentally cool, but they couldn't even be bothered to put them together. You had to sew it on yourself, which I thought was hilarious. It was almost like, you know, they got them in late or something, you know, and they didn't have enough time to patch them together. <laughs> so they quickly knocked up the leaflet to say, no, we're going to have to tell them shit. What are we going to do? Well, we're just going to have to put them out like this. So um, I, I just get the feeling it was like lastminute.com uh, when they did those leaflets. And that always made me laugh. But like filling out the, the questionnaire... You know, put give them a set. Well, I'd I'd already completed a, a fan club with Action Force previous to this one, and I had been given the code name Fire Links. Links, isn't that isn't that hilarious? Fire Axe in the US. Um, mm, if yes. I'm still Brigade, I'd be Fire Axe. But um, or Facts, <laughs> as it's more commonly known. Facts. Um, Fa- with two A's. Yeah. Facts. 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 Um, <laughs> so I was. Like uh, that was my code name. I I filled I filled out the questionnaire. I still have the command file. All of that shit was just amazing. I loved it. The cut the membership card. I was in my wallet up until about five years ago. I don't know what I've done with it, but I know I love that until thing. Now. I love showing people I was in the Action Force Special Corps, and that just sounded made me sound like a retard. But um, no, I, just, I loved it. The poster as well. That's iconic. Like I've seen that a few times since. Um, Dave, you had a few of them, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, there's, uh, it was something that on on the many adventures managed to pretty much come across like a almost like a weapons cache full of all of this steel brigade stuff. So yeah. it was like the metallic sticker patches that was kind of like a fabric band aid oh, type so thing. Cool. There was uh, the flexi disc. Yeah, the flexi disc, which I've never actually listened to. It's got um, it's got another competition on it. Uh, and uh, these posters as well, which they'll be in the show notes. But the, it was a poster featuring the Steel Brigade in the in the centre, and then core. all around it were uh, special core, and then featured around it the different assortments that we'd had released under the Hasbro iteration of. Action Force from 1987, uh, all around it, which was pretty damn cool to see. It was it was my checklist. I used to love that. I used to love kind of like 
checking off when I had the pit when I had the uh, the figures that was up in my room for men that is it was basically in four pieces by the by the end of it because it was just so used much like most of the porn magazines in, under my bed <laughs> and, and Police Academy 3 and Police Academy 3 which got rinsed like totally covered um Right, so <laughs> moving into... In the US in 1991, Hasbro purchased Tonka, another toy company, and released some Tonka-branded vehicles with G.I. Joe decals to boot. On the electronic G.I. Joe MP pickup, they included Steel Brigade logo decals on the rear side panels behind the wheels. This was a strange move, but gave your Steel Brigade figures a vehicle to claim as their own. The military police angle was probably where Hasbro wanted to go with a sub-team as a concept, as we see the police specialities and Steel Brigade characters further on down the line, which we will talk about in a moment. The vehicle were also made in steel, as it said on the box, so another reason to add the logo. Did anyone ever remember the Tonka vehicles? No. 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 They, they were uh, they were past past my run in the toy aisles, unfortunately. I did see them, and I did see the Steel Brigade logo, and I thought, that's pretty cool. Never picked one up, though. <laughs> when you, when um, you say you see, do you remember seeing them here? Oh, they weren't here in the US, in the UK. I, um, I saw that in the US. They had right. them in Toys R Us. And I remember seeing them and just thinking, that's f***ing cool. And then the Steel Brigade logo, or what I thought was the Special Core logo, I thought was amazing. I definitely remember seeing the Tonka stuff. I wasn't aware of the information, though, the fact that Hasbro had taken it over. I, for some reason, I just thought it was like one of those, you know, crossover branding type things where you get... Licensed product. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I wasn't aware they'd, they'd purchased them. That was really, really that cool news to me. And also, obviously, with it saying that it was made with steel, so there's obviously that kind of that element to it. They, I, I think they just threw it on there because it was made with steel. It was almost this kind of tie-in. You gotta uh, say, you gotta say it right though. Made with steel. <laughs> nice. The G.I. Joe Collectors Club released a number of exclusive sets for their annual convention in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 2005 that centered around the Steel Brigade. There was a three-pack containing Gung Ho, Dragonski, and a Steel Brigade Commander, a two-pack containing two Steel Brigade paratroopers, and a Steel Brigade Skyhawk vehicle. The deco for this new team was drastically different to any of the previous color schemes we had seen for the Steel Brigade figures so far. It had a light gray base color with scratched darker gray shaded patterns over the top. Dragonski had a purple chest plate and the Steel Brigade commander had a yellow helmet. Speaking of bash hats, <laughs> uh, speaking of helmets, the club used version 1 Cobra Black Star's head sculpt that had a much more obvious uh, respirator panel where the mouth would be and didn't look much like the original anymore. The Steel Brigade Commander's body consisted of the version 1 and version 2 wind chill and the paratrooper was made up of 92 Duke's chest, waist and legs and 92 barricades arms. Gung Ho was a repaint of his version 5 Mega Marines figure and Dranos was it Dragon Dragon Sky Dragonsky. I want to say? Dragonsky. Dragonsky. Uh, took his parts from a version 6 uh, Brigade Duke for the torso and version 1 blast off which sounds like a blowback uh, from the Mega Marines again. Uh, the Skyhawk and marbling effect on the plastic, which made each one different. Did you go to this convention, Mike? I was not at Minneapolis, no. Did you ever pick up the uh, the, the set? I have not, no. Okay. 
just 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 interested because i i've seen it at rogue toys have got um all of the exclusives bagged up in and put in like the uh cabinet and they're going for a lot of money yeah they're they're pretty pricey 300 and something i think it was for one of the three packs it's uh that is the infamous con where uh justin bell got very acquainted with the trash can oh brilliant did you have to hold his hair back sure <laughs> both of them yeah <laughs> not saying like what part of... was in the trash can but... <laughs> it's like five a side football in his hair <laughs> sorry uh Amazing. Oh. Following year in 2006, we got a six pack set that pitted the Steel Brigade against the Plague. The figures adopted a new style build for that era, and it was the first time we had seen Steel Brigade troops with removable helmets Wee. and new head sculpts. The color schemes and the helmet designs reverted back to the original design of the figure as well. Veering away from the club's steel camo from the previous year, we also got code names for each of the three characters including the set. Red Zone, Rook, and Checkpoint were all given specific backgrounds and specialities, as well as brand new head sculpts. The ranks of the Steel Brigade were starting to build up, and added removable helmets and personal backgrounds gave the figures far more personality and made them more than just a faceless army. Red Zone was made up of Gung Ho version 16 from 2005 and Checkpoint and Rook used the torso of Salvo version 2 from 2005 and the arms, waist and legs of Grunt version 5 from 2003. They all shared the same helmet design but the accessories were all different to align with their specialities. Checkpoint was the beefcake burly security guy so he got the missile launcher and tactical vest and being a policeman got a baton as well. Red Zone, the urban assault specialist, may do with pistols and a shotgun, and Rook, the interrogator, was given a modular rifle, shotgun, and tactical vest to match checkpoint. So, as we mentioned earlier on with the MP truck, the military police uh, steel truck from Tonka, or Hasbro Tonka, we're starting to see that checkpoint and Rook, part of this steel brigade team here, are police. So, they're, they're looking at steel brigade as almost like the military police of the G.I. Joe team. Now, they've obviously been seen as special forces, and I think that's kind of where they've gone back to now in the modern era. But we were seeing, like, a definite kind of almost push to kind of make them very military police-based. Would you have seen that as a, a good way to go for them, Mike, for example? Obviously, it was a steel brigade now. Would you think it would have been a good thing to do? Sure. I mean, I, I guess it would have worked. I, it's just... Part of the, I think part of the, 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 any kind of controversy regarding Steel Brigade is that um, nobody's really sure how it applies. Uh, they've always, they've always left that a little ambiguous, but I, I mean, works as well there as it would for anything else. Okay, so that um, era, that set, I thought when it first came out, I was really excited for it. And I remember thinking, oh, sweet, like Steel Brigade and Plague, because obviously Plague was a big deal at the, at the time. I was a little bit disappointed in how kind of it, it it's a bit knocked together in terms of the plague, but you still get a pretty cool figure in. I think it's uh, I think it's Guillotine who I really liked from that set, mm. and then you, you know you kind of they, you know they 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 just you know a couple of a yellow and a red repainted friggin' Iron Grenadier style for the for the other guys, and you just kind of think ah. Oh, but again, the Steel Brigade guys I thought were really cool. Removable helmets was really neat. First time we'd seen that on an actual Steel Brigade figure as opposed to um, like Gung Ho and 
Dragonski, who didn't really count at that stage. But yeah, I, I, I was really, really into that that particular set. And that was one that I opened as well. I, I, I tried to keep my stuff kind of sealed, but I was so excited that I got the Steel Brigade guys that I just wanted to get them out. Whee! Moving into <laughs> 2011, we got a modern version of this fantastic figure. Instead of a personalised way we'd been introduced to the original, this time around Hasbro decided to release the figure in a standard Pursuit of Cobra wave as an army builder. Steel Brigade is the, in this sense were a special forces branch of G.I. Joe and a way to have more green shirts in the ranks. Much like the original Steel Brigade release, this version had a change of parts which created A and B variants. Another interesting aspect is that the A version was released in the 2011 third wave of Pursuit of Cobra before being re-released in the first wave of the 30th anniversary line. Shortly afterwards, the B version replaced the A version in 30th anniversary packaging with some slight accessory changes. The A version used 2010 version 15's Beachhead's head covered by an awesome new Steel Brigade helmet, 2011 version 54 Snake Eyes torso and waist and the arms and legs of the 2011 Shock Trooper. The B version simplified the build using the same Beachhead head and replaced the arms and legs making the entire rest of the body version 54 2011 Snake Eyes. I'm making it sound far more complicated than it actually is. Basically, we got one ver- version of the figure, and then we got another one. <laughs> and it's super cool as well. I love the fact that they changed it as well. Uh, no, it's, I kind of figured that was a homage. Do you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there was no need, really, was there? Uh, all, all of those things were in, in production and, and still at retail. But where, where you had certain figures that were reduced accessories, so like the Cobra Trooper and the Viper had less going from pursuit of cobra to 30th anniversary where this was like a change in parts and things like that i i, I thought now nah, that's someone being really you know paying paying tribute there yeah uh, to what was all, already like a freaking awesome figure and and acknowledging that people going to army build these so then you know, add, add to the ranks while like changing it up a little bit it was was just even cooler i totally agree with that Mike, you're you're are you a fan of the um, the modern Steel Brigade figure? Yeah, they're really they're great figures. Um, they're they're kind of in that same group of 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 guys that um, you know the, those Shock Trooper and and Cobra Trooper parts that just keep getting reused and recycled, and and uh, we always find new and exciting ways to to see them uh, put into place. But yeah, I loved them. I I have a bunch of them. <laughs> I, I suppose that's the best tribute I can give them. Is, is that uh, yeah, there, there's a lot in in the other room. Maybe you know, twelve, fifteen of them, something like that. And uh, even even a few of the 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 second version of them were were not as common. I don't think. And yeah. I've even managed to hang on to a couple of those. I think the hardest one to get is the version A on thirtieth anniversary. I think that's the hardest one to find because it was such. It was changed quite quickly afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, they didn't uh, see a whole lot of release on Pursuit of Cobra. It's kind of like the uh, the Viper with the blue gauntlets, yeah, as opposed to the one with the red that came afterwards. And then an Iron, an iron Grenadier with camo and no camo, right, as well, the heavy gunner kind of dude. Yes. There's a lot of quirky variants in uh, that Pursuit of Cobra to 30th kind of wave. In fact, the end of Rise of Cobra running into Pursuit of Cobra and then 30th. You get all these kind of like almost released to mass market kind of figures as well that they did get out there, but not for very long and then Mm. straight back again. So yeah, no, really, really love, love that figure. To me, it's like, it's perfect articulation. It's tons of accessories. It looks perfect. Removable helmet. 
and yes he's wearing a balaclava underneath but it's it's t- touches like that that just make me really happy with figures and yes he's got too many things to hold easy but who cares the dude is is awesome they go overboard with it enough that the implication there is you're supposed to re you're supposed to outfit different guys in different ways exactly exactly and that's that's what i think pursuit of cobra did better than anything you know where you've got a a single character who's got a load of equipment it they all carry it they carry all of that snow job carries all of his Recondo carries all of his and you just think this is a lot of stuff the only i think the only person that didn't carry a lot of their stuff was um what like this was later on this was like in the retaliation line and it was um lady j where she's just got 40 guns guns. (laughs) (laughs) and you're thinking what so basically all of those have just gone into like a marauders style kind of gun rack you know it's like yeah they can they can be used by other people it's good in the same year we also received a vehicle driver steel brigade delta the figure came with the vamp mark ii from the 30th anniversary line of bravo vehicles it was a retooled vamp from 2010 and even went through a color change during its release the green plastic became homage (laughs) (laughs) the green plastic became darker on the later release and it is an earlier pale release that is harder to track down. He was built using the Shock Trooper from 2011 and a new head. He had a removable helmet and tactical vest that made him look different to the earlier Steel Brigade team, but had enough signposts to put him in the same group. His deco was much darker, and all geared up with his rifle and knives, he looked far more tactical than the other figures. Right, so let's have a chat about Delta. I thought this was a really cool idea and it'll it'll um come back again when we talk about the in something from from the vault but i think this guy does look really cool like he, it's a different version of steel brigade obviously they've you know taken liberties with the helmet and kind of utilized the one that or you know a very similar one to one we saw in what was it the 2006 set so you're getting like homages all over the place here and at the same time a new style figure that you wouldn't necessarily put as the you know the the driver of a vamp you think this guy could be like you know just urban assault kind of style couldn't you what do you think of this figure mike do you think it kind of fits with the steel brigade kind of vibe yeah he works for me uh i dig him i actually went out and um after they were not selling vamps anymore uh, found an eBay auction where somebody was just just getting rid of a of a few of the deltas, and so I have more deltas than I have vamps. Nice. Yeah. So it's it, it's kind of neat. I have a I have a vamp full of deltas. Oh, that's amazing. Don't. I'm getting a boner. <laughs> so, so I I really Steel like boner. those figures. I I I almost like the deltas better than I like the the main one because they're just they're a little bit I don't know. It, simpler yeah oh it, it just kind of it just it's they make sense military style don't they yeah and that's not a again it's not a slight to the to the main steel brigade figures which are which are great uh, but i think i like the deltas just a just a tick more just a tickle bean more the most recent iteration of the steel brigade appeared at joke on 2014 in dallas texas uh, we were spoiled with a version two of the steel brigade commander a three pack of the steel brigade zombies 
and a version 2 Steel Brigade Delta that came bagged with a new look Steel Brigade Skyhawk. The version 2 Commander was included in the box set and followed the original uh, version 2 deco of blue, green, gold and black. He came with a ton of accessories and was a repaint of the 2011 version 3A Steel Brigade figure. Uh, the Steel Brigade Delta figure was a repaint of the version 1 Delta figure but got an extra rifle and a flashlight or flashlight on top of the original <laughs> version accessories. He also got a Skyhawk to play with his penis that had a more basic silver deco to the previous version. Different engines and missile launcher and a cool cock pit led with transparent blue-green glass. The zombie steel brigade figures were made using the same version 3A figure with zombie viper lower arms and a brand new zombie head. The deco was dirty filthy and sexy <laughs> to appear worn and infected with venereal diseases and the helmet was damaged as well which is an ironic twist <laughs> ironic twist on a helmet um so let's go back well, to this of course let's, it was let's go back to this concept this was my first concept i think as in attending a convention and getting the concept i'd had Thanks for explaining that. A bud. couple more previous to that. No, I had a couple more first concepts previous to that where I bought them when I hadn't been attending. So this was the first time I'd actually gone to a convention and actually kind of you know gone through that whole awesome process of seeing them and and, and going nuts for them. Dave, do you remember when we were in line and I think this is the first time we'd saw the exclusives. We'd seen the exclusives and it was on those posters that they always put up. Those kind of like those boards when you're in the line and you're walking through and you start seeing oh this is what the exclusives are going to be do you remember that moment i do indeed at that point were we looking at shore leaves <laughs> <laughs> i'll put the picture in the show notes yeah <laughs> it was probably a lot of as we were uh, you know whether or not if we wanted to see them or not yeah, that we saw there was a lot of crack on the show but um, no, I, I remember when we were sort of picking up on, on what was there and, and what was available. And I remember being really excited for the, the hiss, but not so fast for the, the vamp. Um, but my favourite out of the entire lot were, without question, the, uh, the Zombie 3 pack. Yeah. Um, because they're just so brilliantly done. Uh, where you had the som- Zombie Viper... As a, as a main retail release, you know, it's, it's using bits of that and then um, cobbled together with like Steel Brigade, but the added bits of like the ripped sleeve on the shirts, yeah, uh, and then the, the the smashed helmet, and then the <laughs> balaclava, <laughs> the, 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 the balaclava um, zombie head as well. It, it was just like, without question for me, that they were the best figures that were done for that entire concept, and the fact that you got a couple of them. You know, you, you, you and I really like the, the, the Delta that came with the Skyhawk as well. Um, yeah, that was uh, a cool deco for, for for that guy as well. So no, I I, I really really love them. Mike, you were obviously at that con too because we slept with you. Yes. What did you think of the set, uh, Steel Brigade wise? Were you were you a fan of what they'd done, or were you kind of like uh, meh? No, I like the Steel Brigade stuff really well. I was I. I mean, I'm, I, I, I think they did a very good job on, on uh, EcoForce, but I think the Steel Brigade stuff was, was really my draw mm. uh, for that going in. That's, 
I'll be honest, it's it's the part of that set that that sees the light of day more often. Yeah. Because uh, I like uh, you know every so often we'll get all the steel the steel brigade stuff out just to see what's there, and um, more so than than the Echo Force guys who just you know they're they're great, but you know they're Eco Force was was never my thing. Sure. So yeah, I'm 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 with Dave on that one. They were very much the highlight of that set for me. I like the fact that they did the the camo on the trousers for the Delta that they'd kind of similarly done on that previous set with that kind of grey, almost acid rain effect. Mm. I, I quite like the fact that it was almost like a, a homage to that to that kind of paint scheme, wasn't it? And then. Again, like it's a Delta painted in regular Steel Brigade colors, which I really like. You know, like the blue jump, like kind of jumper and everything. So, yeah, really a big fan of that. I was actually really happy with that particular figure, more so than I was the Skyhawk, which I thought had been slightly overdone. But again, they need vehicles in the Steel Brigade. We've only got a, we've only got a pickup truck, a Vamp, and a f-ing Skyhawk. So, <laughs> we we yeah, we need more. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the figure review. We have looked at the Steel Brigade, well, the Special Corps from our point of view, and then obviously all the different iterations of the Steel Brigade. Continuing on with that theme, we're moving into From the Vault. So let's uh, open the door and go in. Warning. Warning. Access granted to classified data. Continuing with the Steel Brigade theme, we have a few European promotional materials to share with you here. The Netherlands and Belgium also ran the Steel Brigade promo alongside Super Trooper in 1987. They both utilised the same fold-out leaflet, just with their own languages. The Dutch called them the Stahl Brigade, and the Belgians opted for La Brigade de Acier, both of which translate directly to Steel Brigade. Both countries treated the figure more as an army builder than a personalised character. Despite the fact that the US were using a different build of the Steel Brigade at the time, the leaflets show the version we would come to know as Special Corps, or the US version 1D, that wasn't utilised in the States until 1989. The offer included two Steel Brigade figures instead of one, which added to the army building concept as opposed to the personal figure. So, what do you think of those guys? Have you seen? I'll tell you, you've seen these before because they're on Blood for the Baron. Uh, I, I'll admit, I've never seen um, looked at the regional ones like that. I think that's kind of cool. They're pretty cool, aren't they? I mean, they're they're identical, but obviously just different in in um, in language. But yeah. it's it's interesting that they they do that like where we had Super Trooper as one mail away, and and a Special Corps as another. They do like a, this kind of combined type thing almost making like him the leader and these guys his like following almost yeah the fact that you got a multiple a, a picture of about five of them there together you know it it, it, it does promote the uh troop building aspect you know that you've got like a squad of these guys you can build up so i, I, I really dig that did you guys have special core as kids did you go through the mail away process i didn't i do remember seeing the adverts on comic books because I pretty much had the full run of Transformers uh, Weekly Comic as a kid. Um, I used to like promote it on the back of that um, and um, on Action Force Monthly. And I was getting the comics beyond getting the toys, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was aware of, of like the promotions going on, but it was it was it wasn't something that I signed 
up to as, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, um, or at, at this point in time in my thirties. Um, so uh, <laughs> I did the Super Trooper one. I did the Special Core one. I was like adamant I needed my own figure. Yeah. And I remember sending off for it, and it didn't arrive for ages but i'd forgotten by the t- like by the time it came i'd just forgotten that i'd ever posted for it and i remember it coming through and just being like oh cool like i didn't expect this to be here and i'm pretty sure that we ran another what was it called it might have been special core again like another fan club towards the end and it collapsed and they ended up sending me loads of other stuff like and a and I think a, another crimson twin figure as like a recompense, and I was like, well, <laughs> I don't want just one figure. Why would I want one crimson twin? You know, like <laughs> like I had so I had that Zaymon and Tomax right, and they were battered. You know, they were used. They were triplets. They were, yeah, I have got the crimson triplets, but one of the <laughs> one I obviously they sent me is f-ing immaculate, and also it's Tomax, so it isn't even the one with the f-ing sky. It isn't even Zaymon, the cool one. It's the f-ing, it's the other. F-ing. So I'm being very aggressive tonight, but anyway. You um, are, yeah. yeah settle down, settle down. So that was, um, yeah. So that's the um, Belgian and Netherlands jobby. In 1990, the same countries ran another promo for Last Brigade da Acier and da Stal Brigade, <laughs> alongside Admiral Keelhall or Amiral Colby, or Amiral Colby. uh, (laughs) Amiral. The figure was the same Special Corps and US version 1D build as seen previously, and the offer included two Steel Brigade figures once again. So this is the later Belgian and Netherlands promo. Uh, This time put in Admiral Keelhaul in there randomly. They must have had like an overstock of Admiral Keelhauls. It's like... We can't get any flags over here, but we'll send you a load of keel halls. And they're like, oh, great, thanks. What do we do? Well, we'll give them away. Exactly. Yes. For two action points and eight grand. <laughs> 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 Have you guys seen this leaflet at all? Is this a new one for you guys as well? Because this, this was uh, pretty neat. I haven't seen this, so it is new for me. I'm kind of looking at keel hall and thinking there is a similarity in colour scheme. You've got like the same trouser colour. He's got a blue shirt as well. So maybe they were trying to like tie the Steel Brigade now into the kind of navy. So it's like they've done military <laughs> police, they've done f-ing super trooper, they've done an army builder, they've done special forces. Let's try the navy. <laughs> I have to say I have to say the way they pose them in the bottom right hand corner. Their legs up. It's great. So so gay. I love it. It's the gayest thing I've seen. It's high. It's steel brigade. Don't ask, don't it's tell. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like the more if Morecambe and Wise like joined Action Force. That is so true. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yes. Bring me sunshine. Anyway, um, so yeah, so we'll obviously, yeah, like we'll put those up on the Facebook page, so you can see them all. Moving through to modern time days, I don't know what that means. Uh, JoeCon in 2012, Hasbro revealed a concept case that showed off a number of characters' builds and ideas that didn't make it to the manufacturer. A number of the figures that were seen in that case have since been produced, including a few of the Steel Brigade ideas and decos. Before the club did their Steel Brigade figures in the 2014 set, we saw the zombie concept and the commander deco in all their glory in this case. 
They stayed pretty close with the zombie figure and there were a few slight changes to the commander but all in all those particular characters were able to find a place in the toy line thanks to the club. The Steel Brigade Delta figure that was seen in the case also made it to retail in a slightly darker deco and is slightly different build with the Vamp Mark II from the 30th anniversary line prior to this version being shown off. The case version does have a much brighter shade of green and utilises the version 54 2011 Snake Eyes body that has seen so much since its creation. Either build is strong and more than these figures that appear the merrier. Another figure in that case that also utilises the Delta Helmet and the Steel Brigade build called Nomad Warrior. They were intended to be an elite naval assault trooper. The file card stated that these were trained by Beachhead and they are the best of the best. Almost an upgrade to the Steel Brigade ranks. The deco was very interesting with a brown-grey main body colour teal helmet and red visor teal kneel pads and boots super cool let's discuss these figures initially there's not much obviously to go to go through like the zombie and the the version 2 commander we did get those and we we have talked about them so it was great to actually see those come through still brigade delta this obviously is a slightly different deco do you prefer the lighter one or the darker one i actually like the lighter one yeah it's quite quite cool isn't it and you can start to see a few more of the details. Although it kind of looks like the baby of Lady J and Sci-Fi. Baby Fi. Lady baby J. J Fi. Yeah. Baby J. <laughs> hey, baby J. Baby J Fi. <laughs> I'm really liking the deco on that Nomad Warrior, and it's a shame that that's not going to kind of. Well, it it may see the light of day sometime, but I just I just think he looks freaking cool. And they 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 went to the to the you know to the point where they'd filled out a file card so he was he must have been far along before being scrapped dave what do you think about that i look at that and I, i'm not like overly blown away by it because it was you kind of got some not like as in that exact thing but because of those colors uh was it free fall in the retaliation three pack yes if you if you strip his his paratrooper gear that and it's not that body because it's it's the one that was used for um, Data Viper, but it is it is exactly that that uh, color that was used. Yeah. For them. I think yeah, I, it's a cool idea, but I'm not blown away by it at this point. I think I just like the teal and the red combo with that kind of browny gray kind of color. I just think as a, as a repaint, it looks quite cool. But I think it also looks a little unfinished, doesn't it? There's like yeah. details that could be added to it or, you know, yeah. It, it kind of looks like when you get a prototype out and they use that teal plastic for those parts and the brown plastic for those parts. And you just kind of think, well, where's the rest of it? So, yeah, I, I could definitely see some additional stuff on it. But I, just, I like the, the thought of the Nomad Warrior as well. I like the name too. Do you think that's a nod to Sam in some way? Oh, uh, for, for legal and copyright reasons, I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> oh, that's all I'm going to say about it then. The case also showed a heavy machine gunner steel brigade trooper that Hasbro labelled as the version 2. The body construction was different to that of the previous steel brigade figures and even had new sculpted shoulder armour and armoured web gear. It would have been really awesome to see what this sub-team became uh, had these been produced. A really fleshed-out Steel Brigade army would be very imposing and visually badass. 
Uh, we may see this and the Nomad Warrior at some point in the future if we are lucky. Yeah, so with this particular version, it's almost like a heavy gunner with like loads of web gear and armor and massive guns. And they've gone with that, I think it's beachhead leg, is, legs, isn't it, Dave? Where you've got that wire going down into... Like, yeah. Yeah, I think it was beachhead in the Pursuit of Cobra that had that. So that is basically from the vault. So we've got we've we've covered um, pretty much all of the concept case Steel Brigade guys that came out or did not come out. We looked at um, those really cool European promos. So now we can shut the door on the vault. I don't know what your game is, Cobra, but Action Force will be on your tail faster than- My game is to make you and all your friends suffer before I crush Action Force out of existence. Hi there, and welcome to another edition of General's Joe and Tell. In this installment, I'll be looking in-depth at the club's latest FSS shipments. Now we'll start with Sneak Peek. In a way, I've always preferred the look of the European Tiger Force exclusives over much of the domestic releases, and it's cool to see those decos represented here, even if they don't really closely match some of the domestic figures. The build is pretty straightforward, looking like more or less a Pursuit of Cobra shock trooper from neck to foot. While not unexpected, this kind of default build can get a little tiring after a while, especially when it sidesteps some of Sneak Peek's more identifiable traits like his rolled-up sleeves and knee-high boots. It feels like they ignored some of the unique aspects to make him different, instead just giving us more of the same with the Pursuit of Cobra Shock Trooper. I'm curious to know if their access to tooling libraries is getting more restrictive as we're starting to see more and more figures sharing more and more of the same parts. Thankfully, they appear to be under no restrictions with the color palette, though, and they do a great job with the orange and blue that's become a trademark of the European Tiger Force clan. The look is great from that perspective, and I love the colorful nature of Sneak Peek. He's a great-looking figure in spite of the somewhat generic build. Sneak Peek comes pretty well loaded with accessories. He's got a removable helmet and scrap iron's vest, along with newly sculpted and tooled periscope, which looks pretty fantastic. He has his trusty M16, binoculars, and a field radio, all of which mesh nicely with his specialty. It's a pretty awesome selection of some great accessories that make the figure really pop. Although the parts chosen here feel a little bit phoned in, the deco is great, and they give him a ton of awesome gear, so the end result is better than I might have suspected. A good note to end the FSS Foron. 3.9 out of 5 stars. Next is the FSS 4.0 Tiger Force Outback. Outside the United States, the Tiger Force color palette went a decidedly different direction using oranges, blues, browns, and greens rather than the more familiar yellows and blacks. Looking back on it, the orange and brown specifically makes a lot more sense given the whole Tiger Force motif, though the domestic release figures appear to be paying homages to some real-world military themes. One of the most familiar of these repaints was Tiger Force Outback, who actually developed a whole new t-shirt deco featuring a great-looking cat face that has really drawn lots of collector interest over the past several years. It makes sense for the Collector's Club to want to dip into this area of collector desires. I love the concept, and love that they revisited the UK Tiger Force Outback in a modern format. I just wish they had taken a few more chances with the build. I love the head sculpt. It's a great likeness, and quite a bit better than the head we got for the 25th anniversary. It's fantastic, actually. The torso is the same torso we got with the 25th anniversary version, as are the legs, both of which are kind of a shame. I understand why the club went that route, mostly for the leg-mounted flashlight and the tie-back to the original, but at this point, parts developed in 2007 to 2008 look pretty out of date compared to more modern sculpted figures. Not only that, but the Cobra Trooper legs tend to look bow-legged. 
Thankfully, however, the club does change out his arms with a more modern 30th anniversary style short sleeves, which is a change that is very much appreciated, adding some better articulation and range of motion over the old school 25th anniversary arms. What the figure does excel at, however, is the deco. The cat face shirt pattern looks terrific, and the color matching of the figure is pretty spot on. Tiger Force Outback comes with a different sort of web gear that is actually cool because you can wear it around your shoulders without covering up the awesome cat face. I'm just going to say cat face like eight more times in this review. I just can't help myself. Cat face, cat face, cat face, cat face. He has a machine gun, large backpack, cat face, and knife again with the 25th anniversary accessories, though. It looks woefully out of scale compared to his cat face and out of date compared to the newer items. Ever since his escape from Barovia, Outback has been one of my top tier characters in the real American hero mythos. He's gotten a surprising amount of cat face love throughout the modern era, but none of them have been quite perfect. The Tiger Force version improves most of them with a vastly improved head sculpt and a great cat face shirt deco. But the outdated build once again reduces the wow factor that the vintage figure provided. Yes, even with his cat face, he's only 3.2 out of 5 stars. G.I. Joe Collector's Club FSS 4.0, Mystery 13th figure, Carla Doc Greer. The selection of Carla Greer for the FSS is all at once confusing, yet also makes perfect sense, especially as an entry into the 13th figure category. From 2003 to 2004, Devil's Due Publishing released an alternate universe G.I. Joe story entitled G.I. Joe Reloaded, which featured Duke as a Cobra double agent, Storm Shadow as a Yakuza-looking guy in a white trench coat, and a version of Doc who was female rather than the Carl Greer we all knew and loved. It was an interesting twist, and at the time was not part of normal continuity. Fast forward to 2007, and the G.I. Joe Collectors Club was released a Tanks for the Memories convention set. Within that box set, they brought forward the idea that Carla Greer existed in the main G.I. Joe continuity and had elected to join G.I. Joe after the death of her uncle, the original Doc. It was an interesting way to tap into the Reloaded series and provided the G.I. Joe team with another much-needed medic. I should note, in my General's Joe review, I called Doc her father. Apparently, Doc is her uncle. I've been corrected several times since then, and apparently I have to go back and read the old Devil's Do G.I. Joe Reloaded comics. I apologize about that. For that reason, it does make sense for them to then bring that character forward into the modern format, and to their credit, they do it pretty well. She's got a decent build, combining some of the Rise of Cobra-era parts with some nice later-generation 25th anniversary parts, which makes for a good update to the 2007 original. Her elbow articulation is a little restrictive, but she's got a great look, and manages to tie back some homages to the original Doc, as well as her own original figure from seven years back. I believe her head sculpt is new, it isn't one I immediately recognize, and while it's not phenomenal, it's always great to have a new addition to the library of female head sculpts which are badly needed. The figure's paint deco is clearly inspired by both Vintage Doc and the 2007 update with tan, brown, and white put together in a very nice combination. This is a really solid figure, though not one that I desperately needed as part of my collection. Carla Doc Greer borrows much of her gear from her father, including the bandolier with medkit and the flare launcher. She also has the web gear from the 50th anniversary Lady J and the hypodermic needle from Lifeline. It's a great selection of accessories that really adds some nice design aesthetics when it's all put on the figure. The only thing that she's really missing is cat face. The darker web gear and lighter bandolier contrast quite nicely with the tan uniform underneath adding some much needed flair. I wouldn't have picked Doc as a necessary figure in the FSS even if you gave me a hundred choices, but the execution is decent. She makes sense as a 13th figure, one that has some great collectible elements, but not one that's eminently desirable, and balances the execution of the figure quite nicely. Not bad, even though she doesn't have a cat face. 3.3 out of 5 stars. 
Ghostland. Sartan sent back the firebat and a force. So yeah, okay, we're in the mailbag. We're in the post sack. Friend of the show, Dwight or at Davis Grayson, tweeted us to say, "Hey." It will be interesting to see what the next joke on set will be. <laughs> I'm trying to think what would be left. Uh, I would love an updated Battle Action Force 2000 set or some Fredo bars. Uh, I, ha- I just have no clue as to what vehicles they could use. Uh, though I wouldn't mind an old outdoor call or a rhino. A Can you imagine if a, a rhino, a, a, a rock, yeah. A rock, I said roll out roll call. Why? I can't even believe I said that, Chris. You know, I must be going f- mental. Uh, I know. Can you imagine if they could have updated the Battle Action Force 2000 vehicles and made a base? Almost a Transformer crossover, just like Paul. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, well, well, cyber Sodium technology, a lovely idea for Kindle Worlds. My custom jabber is almost done. I need to tweak a few things, but almost done. I've said almost done a couple of times there, Chris. I have been trying to figure out a different backpack than dial tones. I have a couple of ideas. Here he is with Terrapin Squad. What do you think, eh? I've been on action for kick. I want to add more members to my ranks. Who should I try next? Hey! Uh, thanks for the tweets, Dwight. We love seeing the customs you guys send us, and this jammer is no exception. <laughs> that stalker head is cool. We will put the images up on the show notes so that you can see. Let's. Uh, let's I think that's the best one you've ever done. That is a good one. An aggressive Liverpudlian. I liked it. <laughs> Um, I don't know why you kept saying battle action force. That was uh, a nice added bonus, but oh, no. yeah, still cool. So yeah, he was thinking about battle Ac- battle force two thousand. Nearly said battle action force, battle force <laughs> two thousand as a as a concept idea. Vehicles, yeah, that's difficult to to talk about and think about. Let's let's focus on jammer because that's pretty damn cool. What do you guys think of this particular custom? And do, yeah, do you think it works? Anything's got to be better than what it had. <laughs> You are not a fan of Jammer. Yeah, for, for the reasons that you know, we, we've discussed before. Yeah. And it, it's cool to kind of like um, see other people's like take on it. And, you know, because you can get away with different versions of it because arguably he has green camo, dark camo and no camo. So, yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. Do it. Do Do it. it. I'm in, uh, what's Terrapin Squad? I need to find out more about Terrapin Squad. You need to show us more stuff about those guys as well, Dwight. We need to see more of that stuff. I'd, yeah, we, we love seeing customs and keep them coming. Jonathan Morgantini wrote on our Facebook page to say... <laughs> Just finished the most recent episode. Excellent and our classes as always. I did get a laugh at what we got in segment became equal parts jokes about Christopher sex life <laughs> and him using Kate Kurtworth to humbly drag... What would be an excellent boyfriend he is? <laughs> oh, man. Something to aspire to when I grow up, I suppose. Amazing. Ama- thank you, uh, thank you, Michael Jackson. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. And we hope you can grow up to be the stellar lover that Chris has become with all that alone time practice he's had. James Cox left a short but sweet message on our Facebook wall to say... Who's doing this one? Eddie. Me? 
No, you. Yeah, I think you should do this one. Okay. Definitely. Uh, before I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what he says or does. Uh, I just have to do that a couple of times. Definitely t-shirt for the podcast. So. Thank you very much, James. And yes, it most certainly is. I especially like the face Arnie is pulling on the front, even if it isn't from Predator, where the quote originates. But now I'm just being pedantic. We will put that on the show notes that you'll be able to see our face on the Facebook page shortly after this episode is posted. Avid listener of the show and previous competition winner, Rob Osborne, shared a custom with us via the page of Bookface, saying... Working slowly on my Red Shadows Black Major. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, another fantastic custom this time showing the black major rocking a very cool overcoat that just hangs off the shoulders very nice indeed thank you rob once again we will put all the images that accompany these messages in the show notes so that you may peruse at your leisure okay dave (laughs) good friend and stalker of the full force toilet bill ledson messaged us on facebook to say good evening guys i hope you are well <laughs> a friend of mine rang me whilst i was in a junk shop in whitby last week saying that he had found a haul of original star wars toys over half with the original boxes but they were all in spanish spanish variant <laughs> he wanted some advice on what to do i passed on what knowledge i knew Thanks to your good selves, that even though that they are Spanish box, they still may have been made by Palatoy in the UK. He has since bought a number of items and is now on the fence about what to do with them. <laughs> this leads me to my question. Are Action Force toys from Europe, in, in close brackets, Spain, France, Germany, close brackets, is the same value of these variants equal less than the uk versions and is the demand from the fandom in brackets again close brackets equal less or more (laughs) don't worry in brackets from the star wars side close brackets (laughs) i have already explained to my friends about the trends with people putting stupidly high prices on toys in which other sellers follow <laughs> and then fans don't buy them because they know the price they should be. And it's stagnating the market. <laughs> anyway, thanks to the bar. <laughs> I look forward to hearing from you soon. <laughs> Many thanks. Let's In a strange voice because you can't mimic my Manchester tones. Ain't that the truth? Actually, good question. <laughs> I don't buy enough comic books in brackets. Close brackets. Open brackets. <laughs> hardly ever. But the ones I do, I enjoy and often reread. Close brackets. <laughs> all the movement happening with Hasbro's expanded universe. Where is the best places to go for you in the UK for comics? End quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Great to hear from you again. Let's talk European variants for a moment before moving oh, on to comics in the UK. Dave, that was uh, that was 
rather hilarious when you went when you went hyacinth bouquet angry <laughs> mode. It did sound like hyacinth bucket from keeping up appearances. That is not how Bill sounds. He does a little it bit. Is, sound like he that. sounds exactly like that. You nailed Apart it. From, no. much, <laughs> much like you Sorry. nailed Chilston. You just nailed Ledson as well. <laughs> I, 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 hang on, for the record, I will say several people have commented on that last episode saying that uh, that was quite creepily accurate. It was one of the greatest impressions we have ever witnessed. Considering we've also had from you five of so the worst shit. impressions ever witnessed, <laughs> to have the greatest impression ever witnessed is is something special. I still think my daughter Davis was still the best. That was yeah. that was hilarious. She, funny enough, she hasn't she hasn't responded in an angry fashion to that. So I'm 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 surprised. We, I'll, I'm, she's probably waiting for us for a joke on to kick us in the nuts or something. I say kick. Um, right. So European variants. Dave, could you shed some light on the question, please? Yes. So looking at the Panatoy era production of Action Force, not everything was done in. Um, uh, multiple languages for the most part you had ones that were english then you had ones that uh, used english with additional reprinted text in multiple languages and you had ones that were purely of that country of distribution done in those languages most notably uh, germany being the uh, the most uh, recognizable most popular ones it's one of it, it, from my my take i think Anything that is a variant is always of interest to to a casual collector of these things. And, and let's be honest, for a collector of these of something that's thirty years ago, you're not really so much a casual person um, because you're a mentalist. Yeah, you, you you've gone back to revisit something from your childhood and, and then buying it. So there's no such thing as like the sort of casual side of things there. But I, I think variants in the early ages of the internet weren't really considered a hot property because uh and this and this this is across the board of all symptomatic of all toy collecting because the knowledge is being built up you know there is no real framework other than you know knowing the the main releases of the characters the 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 minutiae of all the different packaging variations and things like that weren't really known you know and and over the years they've been um, studied and documented and you, you've got um, folks like Steve Dawson for example that have gone for like every kind of uh, different type of thing that you've got out there of, of, of that character uh, and if it wasn't for the work of those guys you wouldn't really have that knowledge out there being sort of picked up and learned you know they, they, they've, spent, they've done all the groundwork they've done all of those things so as a result it's probably fair to say in their pursuit of trying to find these things, and they, you know, some of them are just impossible, and I'm, I'm sure Eddie will be able to go into better detail. But yeah, I, I think there is huge demand there. Um, well, not sorry, not huge demand, but great interest, Relative, and yeah. a lot of trying to find these things in 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 different versions of things like that uh, from from different country of origins. So yeah, I, it, it, it is it is something that is difficult for us to really go into great detail because there is no definitive answer on any of it yet you know it's th- that work is still going on it's still being built up and eddie has spent years trying to like you know do, do things like on, on the picture box versions of general release stuff you know they're, 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 that information is still being built um, so yeah, it, is, it is it is cool it is cool and i, I tip my hat to the people that do all that stuff 
Eddie, have you found there's been like a, a difference in with the, some of the European variants being a bit more expensive than the uh, British counterparts? I think I think what you'll find is that most of the the uh, English language cards came with the the European language card or a box the same language, and it, it's kind of dual language boxes. Yeah. So you don't you don't really get um, too many just single. Uh, English language against the European stuff. Sure. They kind of put so you had on the, the on the front you'll have say English and Italian on the back you'll then have uh, Dutch and Spanish things like that. So sure. you'll you'll get four different versions on the same box. And I think that's when uh, the time when Palatoy went to Miro Meccano. So it was all being produced in France. So that's when the packaging then changed as well. And they they put the black mark on the back. Uh, from being made in the UK, yeah. Uh, when they change those boxes, so for those ones, your the price point will always be roughly the same. The picture box stuff is more expensive generally than the window box, yeah, uh, because it's rarer because there was a shorter run time when they release those, um, and the more expensive than those because they are rare uh, or far rarer are the German boxed vehicles. Some of those we know exist, but we've not got any examples of them. Or we know that they existed, and they are extremely rare and very, very pricey. So it, that that's kind of how it rolls. That's great. That's fantastic. Hopefully that answers Bill's question, or well, the first one anyway. In terms of the comics, I had a little kind of back and forth with Bill about this. There are there's a there's a huge master list online of all of the toy uh, and comic stores in the UK, especially kind of hit around his area. I would suggest that you know, kind of looking after your local comic book shops if you want to if you're collecting kind of actual hard copy comic and not like the digital run type thing then support your local stores there was one in norwich that i used to go to all the time called abstract sprocket obviously i've now moved to vegas so loyalty goes a long way doesn't it but um once uh, i'm kind of in the zone at the moment where until i move here permanently i'm gonna just be all digital and until then i'll 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 hold off and, and when i do move here permanently I'll find my local comic book shop and that's where I'm going to kind of go. So in terms of in the UK for comics, try if you can to find a, your nearest local comic book store and support them. Failing that, there are multiple online aspects and obviously if you have a phone, iPad and you know anything like that, tablet, you can get the IDW app and if it's the um, kind of Hasbro's Expanded Universe uh, and the Revolution thing that you're interested in, that's all IDW. So you can download their app and you can get the comics as they come out on the day. Just download them for yeah for the for the for that very cheap price of about two ninety nine at the most. So that is that should answer Bill's questions. And that's it for the mailbag this month. If you have any questions or you just want to heap praise on us, please either email the show on the full force at all the cool stuff uk, message us on the facebook page at facebook.com slash the full force or tweet us at the full force we will read your comments out on the show unless you tell us otherwise moving on from this moment on there is no more action force you can't mean it okay so now we're in the what we got in segment this uh, should be yeah so we're actually really close to the end that's amazing i don't know how that's happened eddie would you like to go first sir on what we got in well in answer to that question um i have nothing absolutely sod all nothing at all sad face sad face due to the fact that we have to talk about things in this segment dave 
Have you got anything in? Something has gone wrong with the world when Eddie has nothing. But I have. Yay. Um, Wrong with the world. (laughs) (laughs) The world is wrong. New world order. Um, Yeah, I've I've got some uh, bits and pieces in. Um, So... Uh, bits of children uh, all, pieces of animals all on a theme they're all transforming robots um but if if i talk through i, I was at uh, the, the first tf nation and i was wandering around and i wanted to help out uh, my friends and, and support their stores um so... <laughs> why were they were they struggling to stand them up in the toilet uh, yeah um no <laughs> uh, um a, 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 a good friend of all of ours is uh, Alton Setenkaya. His cat um, needed uh, an operation, um, so we're all doing our best to try and sort of like buy stuff to like um, help raise funds for him. Um, but I bought uh, an Action Master boxed Axa um, from Transformers um, off him, and I've never owned any Action Masters before, um, so it was kind of interesting to sort of uh, see him play around with that. Uh, they're pretty cool. Um, I know it's kind of a bit of a hit and miss for, for fans of, of Transformers, but I, I kind of I like that, bizarrely yeah. like them. From uh, Penis In It, um, or Peter Innes, I, I brought Landmine, uh, which is a pretender, yeah. uh, only to get back home and realise I've got actually two already. <laughs> and I... I I, I have bugger all in terms of Transformers. Like uh, We're not talking like a huge collection. We're probably talking less than 15 actual Transformers that I own, um, of which I got like landmine not once but twice already. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're army building him. But I seem to do this a lot. Uh, cause I, yeah, yeah, so I, I might do the Dave Short of Transformers um, <laughs> with a transforming action figure uh, Transformer collection or something like that but no the good news is i didn't actually have the sword so i now got a sword to go with me and got a complete one so that's cool the other box one i got was um from um aaron from cyber toys uh who comes over from singapore each year but he had a takara box um tentacle that's cool and it's something i never had as a kid it's something i i know other reason that it looks so weird and so cool to have like this upright squid like thing and the box are um i just really love the, the way it's all been put together um these things came out on a on a blister card for for the rest of the world but um, the takara version is like in a, in a quite a cool little window box with like a polystyrene insert but yeah it's just really really awesomely put together yeah i i, I just uh, decided to to pull the trigger on that it was right at the end of the show Aaron was not wanting to pack up as much stuff to take back to Singapore so uh, yeah I picked that up so very very sort of weird crazy choices the other one I just fell in love with straight away which is a rock lord and yeah. I picked this up from um, Toy Fu the guys there which um, for those who um, haven't been to Auto Assembly of Past or Rollout Radical they are traders who raise money for children's charities um, to help underprivileged kids get a proper, decent meal um, in schools. Um, so everything they do there, or any of the profit that they make, goes towards uh, a very good, worthy cause. But they had this rock lord, and I, I just like it. This was like the Ralph Wiggum 
of Transformer <laughs> toys. It was like this. It tastes like burning. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it just sits down. Um, it's big and it sits down and it has like this like crazed thousand yard stare look on it. And it's just like, it was just amazing. I mean, it does stand up. It's got a wheel. The whole thing is like, um, like a, a friction wheel thing and it, and it just like goes along like on his bum as if it's got worms or something like that. Um, but it's just amazing. Um, so uh, I, I picked that up as well. Um, and then the last one, uh, I actually picked up uh, weekend past from uh, Paul Anderson, who was I was at a show in Bournemouth, and he uh, was one of the dealers at Rollout Roll Call. But he had a Robo Machine or GoBots for people in the states. He had a buggy, and it was in amazing, immaculate condition. And the reason for, for picking that one up was that this was actually my very first transforming toy. Um, my wow. parents. Not this particular one, but like one, one like it. My, my, my parents bought this for me as, as a kid, uh, and I thought it was amazing. And this was before I got into Transformers. This, I'm, I'm still in my, my sort of Star Wars and Action Force uh, occupying the, the, the bulk of my interest. But I then lost him, and I could not find him anywhere. And as I then started get, picking up interest into Transformers, I was like really pestering like my folks like saying i can't find you know my robo machine anywhere and it turned out that my mother used it as a accidentally broken it so I, I dropped it in the back of the car and, I, and and you know i where we had like seats that slid forward to get in and out of the back seat um either one of my sisters trod on it or something like that but it broke one of the arms uh she, she finally came clean about it as a kid so i was i'm really sorry you know i didn't want to upset you but I wasn't actually that bothered at all. He had a broken arm, but like loads of my transformers ended up broken anyway. So I always had them as like casualties, and you know, kind of following the, the UK uh, comics where you had all eternally had all these deactivated um, transformers that either ran out of energon or needed repair. So they, they they kind of always got featured in my stories like that. Um, any of that got broken, um, and he was one of them. But yeah, I, I saw this guy. The, the the silver plating uh, chrome was like immaculate and it was just like fantastic so yeah I picked that up of course so very much a transforming robot theme this month and probably the most I've had as a uh, what we got in the segment but I'm, I'm it has all been just pure fun uh, admittedly and, and a lot of it not, not stuff that I'm looking you know, I was looking for none of that um, but just kind of thought it was cool as I went along the way. You know, it was uh, uh, relatively affordable at the same time. So, uh, yeah, quite, quite, quite pleased. Awesome. How about yourself? I might, it might take a while. Since the last episode... I've I've picked up a few things. So let's let's get through this quick. Okay, the first thing from In Demand Toys was just before I left the country to come to Vegas or LA, as Dave thinks I live in, unmasked Kylo Ren, Celebration Europe black series exclusive and the sdcc obi-wan kenobi black series i got those two off in demand toys thank you so much they're freaking awesome then i decided it would be a good idea to start a little collection in the u.s so i went to a number of places we went um while while kate was down vegas we we popped into las vegas super toy con 
and it was freaking awesome we met some power rangers it was a good laugh but i also picked up a few awesome things from a bunch of different sellers so i I got foot cruiser boxed turtles vehicle which is amazing the thundercats wily kit wily cat exclusive sdcc exclusive beautiful the teenage mutant ninja turtles necker the bad guy four pack and the uh, the turtles four pack freaking amazing again from kate she brought me the sky striker from the sky patrol set so that's another cool little addition thank you darling i got a massive massive black series tie fighter from amazon uh, which was super cheap bucky o'hare i managed to pick up uh, the last vehicle i was needing the um the toad double bubble i got that from rogue toys thank you rogue toys i also got from them the three of the five night force two packs which i'll put up on uh, on the show notes so you can see which ones exactly i'd already got the other two so i just wanted to get the other three to complete the set that set me back a few billion pounds and then the Slave Layer Black Series figure, because I missed out on her before. I got a cool a couple of cool t-shirts, a really sweet Bebop and Rocksteady Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt, which is amazing, and an R2-D2 kind of blue t-shirt, which is pretty sexy as well, both from Coles, my new favourite shop. I also got my entire Joe-Con haul sent to me from Roma Collectibles and John Crameans. Thank you so much, guys. A, for John getting the stuff to Aaron at Roma Collectibles and for Aaron to then send it on to me. So all of the exclusives. Also in that that box, we had James Kavanagh Jr.'s book, the leaflets he was handing handing out during his talk as well, which are really cool, like old school style, like G.I. Joe product leaflets, but um, done in like the POC 30th style, which is really awesome. Adam Riches, uh, I've got a couple of signed, really awesome comics from him. The Girls of the Finest calendar, and I think that's pretty much it from that particular one. Yep, cool. Moving on, I got uh, the Contra 2-pack from NECA direct from necker as well got that delivered that's amazing really love that set again from rogue toys which is my new favorite haunt william the fridge perry the gi joe baggy figure with card and uh, football mace amazing i needed that really bad it's like a bit of a bit of a grail item i know i overused that a little bit too much but i really needed it i have that a four pack of turtles patches uh, now, I got these actually for Kate because she's a big Donatello fan, so I decided to get the the whole team for her. Fort Max from Hasbro Toy Shop, thanks to Justin Bell for that, and also the G.I. Joe Transformers crossover SDCC set, again from Hasbro Toy Shop. Justin Bell managed to hook that up for me because uh, they could only accept American credit cards for whatever reason. Uh, have you opened it up yet? I have not. I have not. That's still... In fact, something's going to hurt you a little bit. I got another one. Now, when we were at JoeCon, Mark Webber and Daryl DePriest were wearing T-shirts. And on those T-shirts was a Visionaries and Arashikagi kind of crossover logo. And what they were doing is they were... For the first person that mentioned it to them, they would send them a prize. And I would just happen to be that kind of guy. I went up there and said, oh, I like your Visionaries... Um, logo with the Arashikagi thing on it and he was like, you're the first person to mention it you get a prize. I was not expecting what I got. I ended up with a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover set, SDCC set again, and two Leoric Visionaries uh, Mighty Mugs (laughs) 
which what? I know that Dave will love because obviously you know that whole area. But but I was like, what? So I was I was blown away by by that and sent them a lovely message to say thank you. It was amazing. All just for pointing out that they had a Visionaries logo on them. Very cool guys. We're going to look you. really weird next time we see them because we're just going to be pointing out everything. Oh, a penis. Can I take your trousers oh, I like Is that a penis? <laughs> There's a penis. Like and then hopefully we'll get a flashlight sent to us. Well, if you want to sell the other one, you have a crossover set. I'll buy that because love those things no and and, and, I, and i'm not lucky enough to have anybody that's that a shame that's a shame mine. they're both mine i'm gonna break one out and play with it and the other one is gonna stay sealed for the rest of its life so i also got a carded scoop and countdown from Ro- from rogue toys again they're really i just wanted them one because scoop had just come out in the fss and two, because Countdown is awesome. An amazing IDW comic uh, collection of Captain Canuck. My friend Kelly spent about a week in Toronto. And uh, as soon as she saw it, she bought it for me. So thank you, Kelly. That's awesome. While I was visiting Kate in Missouri, we went to an amazing shop with Mike. Uh, We met up with Mike in St. Louis. And we went to this place called Saga Toys. Really cool shop. Massive Lots of uh, cool stuff planned for the future for them as well. And basically picked up two awesome mask boxed vehicles, Volcano and Bulldog. And also got the G.I. Joe Slugger from the Real American Hero uh, kind of classics range that comes with a gung-ho figure. So I was really, really pleased to pick that up. It's really cool. I subbed all in for the Eagle Force because I really like the look of those figures coming out i picked up the wave five of series one vitruvian hacks sorry the series one wave five of vitruvian hacks they're on their way to me but i thought i'd mention it in here i got all of the x-men wave the re- recent marvel legends wave that had deadpool wolverine rogue gene gray kitty pride cable Havoc and Iceman in and they are wicked. I took loads of fun pictures with them uh, and Instagrammed them. I've obviously subbed for the FSS5. I just just picked up the wave of aliens. Just came out the Vasquez, the alien and the other marine. I just got those from Rogue Toys again so thank you Rogue Toys and I think that is about it. So that's the end of of what's we what we got in. Shout outs. Any shout outs, fellas? Do you want to do any shout outs? Yeah, I, I was going to say a, a a shout out to what's on Joe Mind uh, for their new episode, which will be available for us to listen to in two thousand and thirty seven. <laughs> that is not an exaggeration, <laughs> Dave. Uh, just a quick shout out to someone who uh, at show said that they listened to the show and I wasn't expecting them to ever listen to the show. So uh, shout out to Dave Newman. Um, it was very nice to hear. Um, I hope we don't uh, offend you too much and scare you with what we do. Too but, late. Um, yeah, too too late. And then everybody else who I've seen over the last uh, few weeks at various different shows, uh, regular listeners like uh, Andrew Mortimer, and uh, a few other people, but uh, at uh, farthest from uh, Bournemouth Comic Con and uh, TF Nation, uh, being the, the main main shows over the last few weeks. So, uh, big shout out to, to all the folks that I saw there. Big shout out to TF Nolsey, kicking out some amazing videos. <laughs> I'm loving it. Always. <laughs> big shout out to Dave Shorter, who never listens to the show. Nick and Mass ID Toys, obviously. 
The Farn Mears are at Dead Gent Clothing, another one of our sponsors. Boss Fight Studio, What's On Your Mind was already done. Justin Bell, of course, for the news and reviews. Ethan and Dave at Rogue Toys. Big shout out to Ethan and Dave. And Kate Kirkwood and her lovely family, who I met a few weeks ago. And I'm going to be spending a bit more time. I just thought I'd give her a shout out because I know she listens. That's what she tells you. She'll fast forward to the shout outs bit, guaranteed. That's it then. That brings us to the end of another great show. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to my co-hosts, Dave, Eddie and Mike Irizarry, of course, for joining us for the news and the figure review. To Justin Bell for giving us the news and reviews. And to you, the listeners, full foreskin. And we are done. That is. Hi Chris. Hi Chris. Oh. Yes. That's, that's just that because obviously we recorded the previous bit as well. That would be it might be it might be worth having might be worth having part one, part two. Whatever. <laughs> when has that ever been the case? When <laughs> when is something that would, would be a good idea would, ever been the case? We'll just release um, a 12-hour episode. <laughs> but what's on Joe Mind? I've got seven to do, so that's pretty good. Seven hours. Seven hours, pal. Seven and a half, actually. It was four and a half. Yeah. Seven and a half. There's no way that's getting done next. Ever. But we look forward to listening to it, but nice. <laughs> And now, you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the bloody blue blazes is going on? Full force. And now, you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the bloody blue blazes is going on? Goodbye and thank you for listening to Full Force.